Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hoaxbusters call. Join the discussion by dialing 724-4477-444. Call ID 90337. Hey, everybody, what's going on? How you doing here? Well, it is... Monday, it is uh, the... 6th of July is 2015. Oh my, here we go. That's back in the saddle time right now. Back from uh, a little hiatus, a little vacation took uh, to San Diego. And then uh, back now. And it looks like uh, in the chat here is um, Adam Miller. Got Job Ring. Got Map Chip. We got Nature Never Lies, we got Wave 57, and we got Wanda Wanda in attendance this evening. It's real good to have you all here. Hoaxbusters call live. Do these calls on Mondays at 9 Eastern, 9 p.m. Eastern time on... uh, Talks you if you put in like hoax busters call talks you should take you right to it if you want to join in the live discussions here that we do on Monday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern time and uh, you can call in at seven two four 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 seven. Four four four, and then uh, you put in the call ID nine zero three three seven, and then the pound sign. Well, real good here. We got uh, a quote on hand here. As I customarily start the calls with the quote. <clears throat> yeah, I hope my AC is not audible in the background. Um, but it is. Upwards of 90 degrees here, so it's kind of a necessity. But I'm working on it, so it's not so close to my setup here. But anyway, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, the quote. I don't feel threatened by people who ask questions. It's those who refuse to answer them that frighten me. And that's from Jason Bacchetta. I think he's known for uh, the Quotary website. So that's, uh, yeah, that's pretty fitting that he has something quotable that he said. So that's that. That's the quote. 
Um, yeah, so yeah, it was a good visit there in uh, California, A there. Um, see what happened. Oh, yeah, I helped the buddy out. He's got his studio set up upstairs in his house, and then he's got some uh, equipment as far as being able to plug in your guitars and your mics and your drums and all that and then record directly to his uh, mixing board setup he's got up there and then you got your um, you know isolation room now that I put up there for him and I I did some construction work which uh, I've kind of picked up as a skill over the years uh, messing around with my own stuff and so uh, doing some framing in doing some uh, sheetrock activities and uh, getting a uh, soundproof room I guess you would say kind of an isolation booth sort of uh, to do your vocals and whatnot and then yeah and helped him out do that and then I hung out at his house and then he's got the swimming pool there and he's living in Escondido which is kind of inland a little bit and uh, it was around 80s, 85 degrees. And then I, I heard like when I left it, it, it turned out like really super hot. So I just missed the uh, all that going on there. I guess they dialed in the heat, the weather control people. Um, I noticed that San Diego proper was really dry and had a lot of dry brush and all that stuff and like I was telling my buddy there I said man that's looking like y'all are primed and ready for some uh, wildfire activity there with the the Santa Ana's come in in October and then they haven't had much rain or no greening of the uh, landscape there it's could potentially be uh, 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 pretty hazardous situation um, that uh, yeah looking real dry out there of course California has been in a drought right and uh, having having trouble there with the drought and uh, yeah they grow a lot of stuff out there citrus and all kinds of you know avocados and Walnuts and everything else you could think of, tomatoes and all kinds of stuff. And that 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 place is getting dry. It's uh oh uh, yeah, it's uh, either weather control or it's going through some natural drought cycle or maybe a combination of both. Like who knows? But uh, yeah, I never noticed any heavy duty chemtrails except for one day. I looked at the chemtrail schmuck in the air. That's what it looked like. You know the telltale kind of soupy, mucky clouds that look like they had been at one time. You know the the, the so-called concentration trails or the chemtrails. I saw that. I noticed that, but uh, not not any laying down the trails or anything. But uh, yeah, and then um, Robert, that's uh, he's on the call right now, and uh, um his buddy there 
met me at the at my buddy's house, and uh, we went and checked out a microbrewery, and uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah, um, that uh, that place was pretty impressive. I enjoyed that, and we had a couple of. Bruski Uski's there, and uh, we had the uh, lunch over there, and uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was spot on, man, and I appreciate that. Robert and uh, his buddy's name, uh, yeah, it escapes me right now. Chase. Um, yeah, forgive me if I got that wrong, but. Um, yeah, I'm kind of on the spot here. It's like, uh, yeah, it is uh, good to get a microbrew in me. I haven't had one of those in a while, and that was that was that was pretty nice. Apple, or orange trees, citrus trees out there. I got to uh, check out some uh, lemons on uh, Buddy Street in the backyard. Took some of them down, threw them in the juicer, made up some lemonades. That was pretty good. That was really nice. Uh, wow, what else? Uh, oh, yeah, the. It's funny with the TSA. They had uh, signage up saying, oh, we have height and security measures because blah, 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 and uh, and all that. And then you're thinking, oh, this is going to be a, this is going to be a freaking hassle. They're going to sweat me on anything, a little thing I got. So then, you, but this time I went through and it's like, it was, it was comparatively, compared to other times I've been through TSA, it's like, fairly relaxed it was pretty it was, it was pretty remarkable as as relaxed as was like the what the, the, the they only had to go through a checkpoint twice and then the one time he's like he didn't have you take your shoes off or anything you just walk through the metal detector and it's like all right here you go I'm done it's like oh what you know but what's with the I thought it was heightened security measured but I get I don't know what it, what even does that mean though I mean come on but uh yeah and I went through the body scanner one time and I think the TSA female agent made some kind of comment about something I don't know I I, I took it as a compliment I but it's like I, is that what she I I really didn't I I, I really couldn't I, I didn't really hear, catch what she said but it was I don't know. The whole thing is kind of... It, it's not uh, appropriate, I don't think. But, you know, whatever. But still, it's... Uh, uh, I don't know. How much can they see with those scan, those x-ray things? Uh, uh, who knows? God only knows, right? I mean, unless you're a TSA agent. And it's like, ah, oh, man really am I am I getting 
commentary on my uh, anatomy. I, I don't know. I, I just didn't want to. I guess I kind of shut it out of my mind and then went on through. But it's like, well, I mean, what, what do you opt out and then you get felt up? Or do you go through the thing and you get, you get uh, scanned and you get naked on the thing and then... It's like ah man I don't I don't know it's 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 kind of somewhat humiliating and somewhat uh, frustrating and it's like what is this shit it's just all theater and all bullshit and all monkey shines and it's just stupid just plain stupid but um but comparatively to other experiences I've had it was like really just kind of late like it was just really uh, going through the motions so, yeah yeah here you go oh, all, right, all right go to the metal detector and that's it and then one time they go through the scanner one time you take your shoes off the other time you don't and then like they found like when i initially went in in oklahoma city they uh so oh, we need to look in your bag and i was like oh shit what is this and um i was carrying a little bit of tobacco in there i was like oh they think that's pot or something what, what are they going to do and then no, I had a pocket knife in there that I forgot that I had in my bag, and then they and it showed up on the deal. And there's like, oh, you're, you know, you can't take this. And I said, oh yeah, okay, yeah, I forget that was in there. And then uh, so I just, I just get, I just donated it to the airport. I didn't want to mess with it. It's just a cheap flea market pocket knife that I kept specifically in that bag, you know, just to have a pocket knife. But it's like, no, nah, you can't have a pocket knife anymore. That's like the third or fourth pocket knife I've had confiscated. Ugh. But yeah, yeah, you know how it is. You know how it is. Bunch of baloney. And, uh... So yeah, you, you're a traveler, right? I got to thinking about that. So you're a traveler. And, uh... Let's just say you're doing maybe some extensive traveling. Maybe you're doing a little hitchhiking. Maybe you're doing a little bus ride. Maybe you're doing a little, I don't know, touring around or whatever. I mean, I, I, I like to do that when I can. And, and, and I'm thinking from, you know, a couple of things that have. I never got any kind of, I don't, I don't think any real dangerous or risky situations. Um, but, uh, I, I guess it could have turned into that or whatever but anyway it's like man it'd be nice to have uh maybe a pistol or something to kind of carry around concealed and then but you're thinking oh well if i gotta jump on a bus or maybe if i gotta travel on a train or whatever it's like oh well yeah you don't want to get caught with a pistol but really you know you're not gonna hijack a train or anything right you're just carrying it for your own protection for your own you know it's just a little something something for somebody might come along want to you know think you're oh yeah you're by yourself and you're easy to take advantage of and then oh well no you got a pistol so but you know it's, it's just kind of a precautionary thing and it's kind of uh probably more of a, a sense of security than anything else maybe but still it should be your right to do that if you lived in a free country, but no, you don't live in a freaking free country, but yeah, anyway, I don't know, I didn't really want to go on and on about that, but yeah, yeah, it's just um, all for show and all for uh, just to, you know, defang you and declaw you and make you a 
afraid to, you know, have something to protect yourself or anything like you can't do it. You can't do it. You can't do that. You can't even have a pocket knife to carry around. So it's, so yeah, if you do run into something, you're going to be, and you're traveling, you're a traveler traveling around, you're you're just going to be out of the deal, I guess. I don't know. You can't carry nothing to protect yourself because the, because the goons will get it. The TSA dicks and all the people, it's like they're going to take your shit. And that's just the way it is, you know. But, uh, well, uh, yeah, so anyway. The TSA totally sucks ass. Oh, I said Robert's friend's name wrong. It's Cade. It just not. It's popped in my head. It's like Cade. That's like uh, that's that's an unusual name. That's a cool name, but uh, it it's like what I remember names. If I don't have a name to coincide with it, it's uh, hard to. It's just name thing. But uh, I never forget a face. I can remember somebody like a. I ran into this dude from high school, and it's like, I recognized him right away, and I hadn't seen the dude in, like, 25 years, and it's like, I uh, know you, and so, yeah, I'm, uh, you know, uh, Roger from, it's like, oh, yeah, Roger, okay, yeah, it's like, um, faces and names and faces, names and faces, um, I remember faces real good, I never forget a face, uh, names, it takes me a, a couple of times, and then once I once I meet a person or talk to them a couple of times, I don't, I don't, I don't generally not forget their name, but, uh, if I've only met you once, it's like, uh, yeah, name, names are hard for me. I can't, even like on the calls or talking to like John and stuff, and I'm trying to remember, okay, who said what on what deal and who's this and that, and I'm always getting the names confused and, Oh man, yeah, it's um so that reminds me of uh yeah, these memory courses and stuff you can do. I think they're worthwhile. And uh I've been messing around with some of those lately. And it's like, man, you know, like uh it's just a good idea in this day and age cuz I think our memories get weak with all this shit, you know, the phones and you don't remember phone numbers anymore, you don't have to remember anything anymore, you just make a note and put it in your device and you got it in the cloud and you got it on the thing and you pull it up and it's got the it's like your brain it's like your memory it's like an extension of your memory right you don't have to use your memory anymore well that's not no good i got to think it's like why why can't i memorize phone numbers and stuff anymore it's like i used to be able to it's like now i guess you know it's a combination of age and then not not flexing that muscle right so uh yeah i talked about that on a couple of calls doing the memory thing where uh, you do, you could build associations with pictograms and whatnot and do that. I, I think that's a good thing. But, um, yeah. If you don't use something, you'll lose it. That's, that's a kind of a, a, uh, just a fact of life. But, uh. Yeah, 
Oh, I was going to say, I'm not on iTunes anymore. I didn't even mention this last time. Um, iTunes is, is cocked up, and I don't know what to do about it. I'm not listed on there anymore, but my feed that's in my iTunes will update. And um, I, I don't know if anybody else is out there listening to me that's experienced the same problem and knows the solution to it or what the deal is. Or maybe I'm just, I don't know, maybe they just don't like my content. So they just say, ah, oh, we're just going to take this guy out of the listing, take him out of the loop, and then, you know, get, and then there's no technical support or nothing so i don't i don't know what to do about it man i really don't so if anybody knows i think maybe i have to go in there and tweak the xml file you know that does the um you know where you submit to the to the <clears throat> listing service whatever it happens to be you know, itunes is the only one that seems to have a problem with the way my XML is formatted, if that's the problem, which I don't know. But yeah, I appreciate it if anybody out there can, if they know what to do about this or know a, of a fix, because I don't know, because I try resubmitting the, the the podcast and it and it and it says, oh, you're you've already submitted the podcast, and it's like, ah, shit. Well, how how uh, what am I supposed to do then? I can't if I even if I did reconfigure it, I couldn't resubmit it. So, yeah, uh, Chris, C-H-R-I-S, at hoaxbusterscall.com. If, uh, yeah, anybody has a, out there has a solution to that and knows what to do. Yeah, it's uh, not good not to be on iTunes, right? I mean, iTunes is pretty pretty big as far as, like, getting people to listen to your podcast and all that. It's just, yeah. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that's enough shop talk, I guess. Um, I was over the little vacation there when I was on the plane on the thing hanging out by the pool checking stuff out kicking back so I you know there's some downtime there so I said I need to read this book uh, that I mentioned on the call a couple of calls back The Jesus Factor by Edwin Corley um yeah so yeah 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 I finished it it is the book about why the atomic bomb doesn't work. You don't believe it. You will when you read this novel of tremendous suspense. I don't know about tremendous suspense. I mean, it wasn't like a, for me anyway, like a riveting page turner. But yeah, it was it was it was decently written and uh, uh, kept my attention, and I was able to kind of plow through it over the course of the. Uh, the vacation there and uh yeah it's a pretty interesting book <clears throat> and uh edwin corley's dead he died in 1980 something like that uh let me go to his uh 
his bio. Um, no, I don't want to read that part. Uh, in 1945, Corley lied about his young age and enlisted in the United States Air Corps as World War II wound down. He was stationed on Tinian. I don't know how to say that, but yeah, I think that's right. When the Enola Gay made her fateful flight to Hiroshima and then spent several years in occupied Japan writing for Stars and Stripes. That's what it says in his bio. But in this book, he wrote in 1970, The Jesus Factor, it's a novel, so it's a novel form, it's like written as, you know, fiction, and, but the whole plot line, the storyline is, it's, it's about this, uh, United States Senator that's, um, running for president, he, he gets, uh, privy to a little information about, um, the, the nuke nuclear arsenal he starts to suspect that uh, something's going on with it he finds out about this program called the Jesus Factor and it turns out that um, as he's making some different discoveries here he's got his uh, assistant that works for him that he's good at digging up stuff and then they kind of collaborate on that and he's kind of touring around, going to different countries, talking to different people, doing some, uh, uh, you know, where they're testing the bomb, the nuke bomb, and it's like, well, you know, and then the senator, he, in the story, he uh, served in the military, and it's sort of like a corollary to what the, uh, Ed Edwin Corley, his, uh, service on uh, Tanayan Island where the, they, they, they flew the Enola Gay off of, you know, allegedly, right? And then, uh, um, so that, that that's part of the storyline of the senator. So he, he is a, a former pilot, or he's actually a pilot, but he served in the military when all that was going on. And he was stationed on that island where they did the bomb runs from, you know, to, to bomb the hell out of Japan. And then uh, the, the supposed uh, atomic bomb, right? So that's incorporated to the plot line of the story. And so as, as it progresses along, he starts to figure out that, uh, oh, the atomic bomb really does not work. So he relates how, like, on his bomb run, they, they get on the, 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 the B-29 bomber there, they take off, they got the bomb in the bomb bay, it's got all of its, you know, electronics and fail-safes and stuff, and they got to do things in a specific sequence so that the bomb is not armed while they're taking off and all this other stuff of course and then it's kind of going through that and then they get they get up and they over uh, uh, Hiroshima and then they're getting ready to drop the bomb and then everything's green everything's a go and then they drop the bomb and then oh nothing happens actually I think uh, in the story that they are involved in a bomb run over Tokyo, I think, the senator. And, yeah, it's, it, it's so the bomb doesn't go off. And then it was supposed to go off in, over Tokyo. And then it's like, well, okay, then, you know, shit happens, and then maybe something happened with this particular bomb, but Hiroshima and Nagasaki, that was all, you know, as far as he knew, 
because he's just a he's just a, uh, a a pilot or he's just a, a personnel on this one plane. But as far as he knew, that's like oh well, that the Hiroshima and Nagasaki were uh, bombed by atomic bombs. But you know our mission wasn't successful for whatever reason, and that's the end of the story. But you know it. He, you know, as he go, went through his career as a senator and all this stuff, he, he ran across some other things that, you know, like a, a test in Israel, for example, that where they drop the bomb and it doesn't work. Well, he's saying, oh, well, that's funny. Uh, the, the bomb on, on the on the on the bombing mission I was on didn't work. And then, you know, he starts to put the pieces of the puzzle together, and then it's like, well, none of the bombs work, and they never have worked. And he comes to find that out. And the whole Jesus Factor program in this book is about uh, getting scientists and physicists and stuff to try to figure out, okay, why the hell does the bomb not work? Because according to the, the plot line of the book, nukes work, right? You could take a nuke and you can fire it off on a a tower shot is what they call it where it's you know as long long as the nuke is stationary according to the plot line of this book it works but for some reason and this is what they call the Jesus factor it's that you know you can have a theoretically solid uh, idea and then it works and then for some reason unexplainable reason that they just can't figure out it doesn't work and I guess the whole idea of the naming at the Jesus factor is kind of like well it's it, it's it's so beyond comprehension why this damn thing doesn't work and it must be some supernatural intervention or something like that I guess that's what it's inferring by calling it the Jesus factor or, or whatever but that's that's how this uh, novel goes down right and uh, that, that's the story but, uh, yeah, the thing about it, too, it's interesting in how that this book, the way I view it, is a sort of uh, a limited, what's called a limited hangout, like this, that's the, the, the CIA will call it. It's like a limited hangout where you reveal some of the truth, but then you, you tie it into something else or you, you, you muddy the waters or you, or you cloud the issue with some misinformation or disinformation that's what i think this book is in in most part it's 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 like a a uh limited hangout where they're telling you um and then of course it's fiction so i'm like you're not really not supposed to take it seriously right but um yeah it kind of goes back to the what you'll hear a lot from people it's like oh yeah the the moon hoax moon was hoax like there'd be people talking people would talk or you know if the if, if, if nukes were fake, there would be people talking. Like, okay, here's a guy, Edwin Corley, who's talking. Like, he was, <laughs> according to his bio, he would work with the Enola Gay bombing runs, and he was stationed on that island. And I'm sure he heard all the rumors, because the military, man, you can't stop the freaking rumors. You can make it top secret, you can do whatever you want, but the rumors are going to go, are going to fly. And uh, so... I'm, I'm certain that, you know, that that's probably what what occurred. So this guy was there and he was on the ground and he's like heard all the rumors and he's like, okay, 
man, I need, you know, I'm a writer, and that's what I was, like, born to write. You know, that's what it says in his bio, like, this guy's just a natural-born writer. And he wants to write a book about how the nuclear bomb doesn't work, but he's got to do it in such a way so that it's like a, you know... I'm sure maybe it got ran past some uh, filters and all that, and then it's like, ah, well, yeah, you got to rewrite it to make it say this or that or whatever. And he's like, okay, whatever. And then, you know, it's it 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 it, it leaves one with the impression that oh, nukes work. There's a technical problem, and then they don't work as a bomb. And it's just a matter of um, figuring out the problem. And then, like in this book, it's like, well that's the thing about the nuclear bomb at this point in history is that we don't know if China maybe figured out the you know the Jesus factor and we don't know maybe Israel did and maybe they figured out a way but you know they're not sharing that information with us so it still like keeps belief in the nukes and at the same time it's revealing a half truth that they don't work and they never did work you see what I'm saying is sort of this limited hangout situation where you're left if you accept what's being sold in this story you're still left with the impression that oh yeah maybe one of these countries figured out the solution to the problem of uh, igniting a nuke while it's in motion because that's that's what it said in this book it's like if you're dropping it from a plane or something like that the the physicists proposed theoretically that maybe it was something to do with the gravitational shifts or something like that that causes it not to function and then you know and it, and it's just a matter of figuring out you know why that is but otherwise they work and see I, I don't believe that I don't believe that I don't I don't believe that ever was the case and you know another interesting thing in this book too is like they mentioned like oh yeah they recruited um, the best special effects artists in Hollywood to work on the footage and um, which is interesting because that is like a, a logical kind of disconnect, isn't it? If you think about that for a second, okay, nukes work, but as long as you put them stationary and, and detonate them, so why would you need to fake the footage of the tests if they work? All you do is set it on a tower, you detonate it, you film it, and then. Um, then you enter splice a scene of a bomber flying away and then you know that you would uh, have a real explosion and then all, all you would need to do is um, build the association between the bomber plane and the and the explosion and then you know leave out the little you know tidbit about it only working stationary and then you know you're good to go but no in the book they he invokes the the whole Hollywood special effects thing, which I thought was really interesting. It's like, okay, wait a minute. So, you know, the book is self-contradictory. It's like, okay, why would you fake footage when you can get real footage or real nukes going off because they work stationary? You see what I mean? So it's, it's, it's nonsensical on that level. But it's still very interesting how that is in there. It's like, oh, well, yeah, they did the, uh, the footage with special effects. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, just like we've talked about here on the calls, just like Nuclei's Forum talks about, just like, uh, and then, you know, different people have brought this up, Clues Forum, Nukes Forum, uh, Nuclei's Forum, and then Nuke, and then, uh, you know, the, the pointing out the discrepancies in the footage, and then, you know, 
some of it you can see is always obviously fake. Um, but you don't need to fake the footage if you can really detonate a real nuclear bomb and uh, film it, right? So that 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 doesn't fit. It, it doesn't fit logic. It doesn't fit reason. Um, I guess it's good for a storyline. Good enough for a storyline in a, in a in you know like this uh, dime store paperback novel or whatever you know something you pick up just to, you know for shits and giggles and you read it and you don't take it seriously and it's like uh, um, which most people wouldn't. And this was a bestseller in 1970, oddly enough. Uh, I, I don't say oddly enough. It's a pretty good book. I mean, it's not. I'm not knocking it. It's 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 pretty good read. I mean, not the most exciting book I've ever read, but yeah. But you know, I of course I was reading it for you know the the nukes being fake angle, and then in the another thing. Uh, well, let me just read out of the book while I'm running my mouth about it. So I'm in the last chapter. This is page 300. Uh, so this is a discussion with uh, Rosie Cooper. He's like a general that worked with this guy, the senator on this island. And uh, So Rosie Cooper now has given him the straight dope on the nuclear bomb, and he's like giving him the rundown of how what really happened and all that. So it says, uh, Washington, D.C., August 14th now. All the way back to Tanayan, Rosie Cooper told me, I kept the radio hot. Pretty soon we had a five-way command conference call going on. There was always a chance the Japs were monitoring, monitoring us, but we kept switching channels and using code and double talk. History indicates that we got away with it. Uh, still stunned from what I heard, I repeated, An earthquake? That's what wiped out Hiroshima? An earthquake started it, he said. A hundred B-29s loaded with firebombs finished it. Our experience with firestorms in Tokyo led us to hope that we might be able to convince the Japs that we'd hit them with an atomic bomb provided we play it strong. Why didn't anyone report so many B-29s? They did. It all depends on which report you read. We suppressed those that specifically mentioned the bombers. Most of the survivors were terribly confused, of course. Some reported bombers. Some claimed to have seen parachutes. The only thing consistent in their stories was that, was that there had been a tremendous flash of light and then buildings began to fall down. Thousands of fires were started at that instant. The firebombs nearly helped them along. Merely helped them along. But I was told the seismograph tracings didn't indicate an earthquake. Once our guys got through doctoring them, they didn't. And the movies? Special effects. We rated every trick photographer in Hollywood. They should have won a dozen Oscars. No one will ever know how good their work was. I shook my head. It was so simple. There was one more thing we had to do, Cooper said, and that's, and that's what all the conversation over the radio was about. What? We instructed the scientists to remove the plutonium from the two fat man bombs and put it through a pr primitive breeder reactor, then take the radioactive waste and grind it up into teeny particles, which I put in, you, quote, dispersed, unquote, over Hiroshima. He nodded. Its dispersal wasn't uniform, of course, so some areas got an extra heavy dose while others received none at all. This is was the part the scientists were against. They argued that the city was already destroyed. Why did we have to poison the survivors? 
I still have nightmares myself about that decision, but we had to do it. It was our only chance to convince the Japs that we really had hit them with an atomic bomb. What about Nagasaki? Dr. Oppenheimer back in New Mexico suggested that there might be an aftershock to the quake. By the night of August 7th, a gang of seismologists has been gathered together in Hawaii. They shacked up in the Royal Hawaiian Hotel and began analyzing the facts. So yeah, what it's saying there is like, uh, so, so the way that they pulled it off, according to this book, is that um, they commandeered a big contingent of uh, seismologists to figure out, okay, when's Japan going to be hit by a big earthquake in the future? And so they did all their readings and calculations and stuff, and then, you know, checking out the, the seismological graphs around Japan and all that stuff, and then, so they, so they picked a date when it would be, okay, between this time we're going to probably have an earthquake in Japan, and according to the where the fault lines are, it's going to be, you know, on Hiroshima. And that's why they picked Hiroshima. So what they did is they, okay, so they scheduled the bombing run to coincide with this earthquake that they uh, could predict through the seismographic readings. And then uh, they did, you know, they were all prepared and ready to go to drop the bombs. But, you know, they had to wait for the earthquake. And when the earthquake hit, you know, they were doing, you know, circling, waiting, 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 and then the earthquake hits, and then it's like, oh, okay, we drop the bombs, and then the bombs coincide with the earthquake, and then you then you may ask the question, okay, what about the bright, blinding flash? Well, according to this book, there was uh, this uh, invention that the Air Force had that they only used a a couple of times and that it was like a uh, a gigantic photographic flashbulb I guess that's the way to put it that was in these sort of concentric rings that would unfold and that could be folded back up and then could be transported in the hangar bay of uh, the bomber and so they could uh you know, trigger this thing, it would like uh, unfurl itself, and then it was just these big concentric rings, and they said the outer concentric ring was like 40 feet around, so it was a uh, pretty, pretty big uh, uh, apparatus there, and then they would parachute that out of the plane, and inside of these rings it was uh, full of magnesium, and then they could, they could trigger it through radio radio transmission to to ignite the magnesium inside these concentric rings and it would create this tremendous flash and if you were looking at it at the time that they detonate this thing it's like it was bright enough to to cause permanent blindness and uh they that's what they used in coordination with the fire bombings and then in coordination to the earthquake according to this book to fake the atomic bombing of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And, uh... I don't know about the earthquake part. I, I don't know. That seems a little bit stretching it. Because you have to have an earthquake to coincide with the war. Even though Japanese, they, they, they pretty frequently have earthquakes. Unless the earthquake was triggered. I don't know. But then you get into a lot of speculation about that. But anyway, still interesting. Um, so did they 
did they plan the bombing run around the earthquake? I don't know. I guess it's kind of possible if you could predict kind of roughly when the earthquake was going to happen and where, and then you'd just be on standby with the bombers to, you know, to be ready to drop the incendiaries when uh, the earthquake went down, which, according to this book, is what they did. Uh, but, you know, there's stuff online um, where... Oh, I just watched this video. Oh, you could... Uh, I don't have a handy right now, but if you just type into Google, like, uh, Hiroshima, Tokyo, photographic comparison... There's like a video where they're like comparing, okay, here's Hiroshima, here's Tokyo, and it's like, well, what's the difference? Well, Hiroshima was hit by a nuke, right? Or an atomic bomb, and Tokyo was firebombed. But from the looks of the damage, it's, it's like what what is what is the big difference? This is like not it's not not any real significant difference. And you know, like you know, like it says in this book, and I, and I believe this is certainly the case: is once, once you start dropping all those incendiary bombs, and you get the fires raging, it creates like this hurricane of fire. I mean, it's you know, and they said it was so extreme that that it caused the you know incredible amount of turbulence and updraft and stuff, where the you know the planes are having difficulty flying and all this stuff. It's like, yeah, you know, that's definitely doable. And uh, you coordinate that with the super bright blinding flash that's artificially generated through the through through a device. And I don't necessarily think you'd have to have some elaborate kind of thing that's described in this book. I think that you could do the do the job, but just by igniting magnesium and and some kind of con- controlled explosion configuration. Um. And then, uh, you know, possibly or not coordinated with the earthquake. I don't know about that. But, um, yeah, you disperse radioactive material or, you know, whatever that is. There's some people that probably dispute that, whether there is such thing as radioactive material. I, I, myself, personally, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I surmise that there is. Uh, there's something that goes on with uranium and plutonium and radioactivity and all that. And yeah, it, it probably can make you sick, and I think there's a lot of stuff that backs that up. Um, can you make it into a bomb and split the Earth in half with it? That's a totally different discussion altogether, as far as I'm concerned. But it's almost like, oh, well, if you deny the bomb, then you must therefore deny nuclear fission completely totally in its entirety and then the nuclear reactors are a hoax which they will maybe I don't know of a certainty but uh, I am certain though that the the nuke whole thing is is a complete fraud it's completely manufactured and it's a it's a magnificent gigantic stupendous hoax and uh, here's Edwin Corley talking about it in a fictional format. Because what is he going to do? Write a book about? Oh well, here's a nonfiction book about all the stuff I've heard along the way, and then I did my own research and I come up with this. And yeah, the nukes are fake. No, it's like you can say it through fiction, through a fictional story, 
and uh, for people who are kind of aware of this stuff, it's, it's you're basically doing the same thing. You're just letting the cat out of the bag in a in a kind of a backhanded way that's probably not going to get you in too much trouble unless you know maybe that's the reason he died in 1980 i don't know at the age of 50 i don't know but um it uh yeah so it answers the question one is like why doesn't nobody talk about it if it's the case well i mean here's a guy that was stationed there allegedly right and uh saying in so many words in a in a fictional form but you know hey it, it is what it is it's not uh uh, he's not openly coming out stating it, but he is in so many words. You know, he kind of gives a disclaimer in the back of the book. Oh, yeah, any correlation between those persons, you know, living or it's purely fictional and blah, 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 and all that kind of the typical disclaimer. But, uh, yeah, but you're reading this book and then you're reading his bio and it's like, oh, he was stationed there. Oh, he really worked with the Enola Gay and all that. And he was really... Uh, in the military at that time and all that and and then he writes this book about how the atomic bombs are fake and then plus on top of that you're already familiar with it the footage being fake and all that and then okay the fact that you know and this always bears repeating is that um uh yeah they did it in the studio hollywood uh studio in laurel canyon called lookout mountain and and that's all admitted in the film, the Atomic Filmmakers. Of course, they don't admit the bombs are fake, but they admit that the whole thing was done by Hollywood people. Hollywood producers and Hollywood special effects artists and Hollywood people all were employed at this Lookout Mountain, which uh, is where all the atomic bomb footage came out of. And um, and that's admitted. I mean, they had all kinds of Hollywood people uh, working at Lookout Mountain. And even some fairly high-profile famous people and stuff like that, too. Which, uh, the, the official story is, oh, yeah, they just did little newsreels and little train videos and, yeah, how not to burn your hand on a flare and all that stuff and teaching you and they needed, they needed the top-notch Hollywood people and Hollywood special, <laughs> special effects people to put out that crap? Give me a break. No, no, no. They needed them bombs to look really, really, really good. And if your expertise is in special effects then yeah, and you're faking something on film, like faking the atomic bomb, then yeah, it makes sense, but not not in any... So that's, that's, that's the thing about it, it's like, okay, you could train anybody to use a film camera properly to film anything you want, right? It's only a matter of, okay, there's, it's, it's, there's a le level of expertise that's required, no doubt. And, um, and and so is there a level of expertise required to uh, run a nuclear reactor, right? Okay. Whether or not nuclear reactors, that's a, a, a side issue. But they, the military trains nuclear reactor technicians. They don't have to get nuclear reactor te technicians from the private sector to work in the military. They train you. They train you for anything, any and everything in the military. They have their own schools and they train you for whatever they want to train you for. But, you know, if they needed cameramen to film explosions like nuclear bombs, they would train people to, to, to how to operate a camera in those special conditions. Why would they hire Hollywood people when Hollywood people, they don't they don't know the the particular ins and outs of filming something like a a nuclear explosion. 
why, why, what is it about Hollywood people that, and their expertise, that would make them more fitting to that job than you know either just training somebody on how to operate a camera or um, you know what what is the deal with that? Why why would what what is so special about Hollywood people? When when you're talking about something else too, that would be of a particular technical nature, right? An atomic explosion, right? But if you're talking about, oh, we need some, you know, really good special effects people, then yeah, it totally makes sense. Otherwise, no. Otherwise, no. Okay, the military trains people for doing uh, stuff as, as 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 technical and sophisticated as you know nuclear reactor how to run that and how to handle that and how to do all that and the you know the in the in the physics and the theoretical physics and all that stuff involved in that or you know flying a a jet aircraft or um you know uh underwater uh construction with uh divers and all that technical stuff where they have to you know the military can train you to do anything but they can't train you to operate a camera no we need hollywood people for that because Hollywood people have a lot of experience in special effects and making things that aren't that don't exist, making them things making things exist, um, at least uh, customarily on a you know f- fictional level. Everybody knows it's fiction, but how about when they want want to create something and make you think it's real when it's not real? Well, you use the same process. And uh, you fake it, and you put it on film, and everybody believes it. And to this day, they believe it, even though it's like, okay, you know, the modern, the modern consumer of uh, Hollywood films and special effects is, you know, they have a little bit more uh, trained eye for that sort of thing. And if you really want to examine this stuff and look at it, it's like, wow, this is okay. This is really kind of dodgy looking. The, the atomic bomb footage and uh, they probably filmed real explosions and and then use the trickery to make them appear like just you know over the top enormous like oh, okay this the cloud is going eight miles up into the sky and all this stuff yeah it's all trickery though um, how exactly they did it I don't know but uh, I don't know, but like, uh, like that, like the, like if you put in Hoaxbusters call, uh, nukes don't exist. That'll bring up my YouTube video where that I'm 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 doing some commentary on this one little segment of footage that's from the Atomic filmmakers that was you know supposedly an actual you know nuclear weapons test, and it's obviously f- fake. Something, something seriously, seriously wrong with it, where part of the explosion stays static over several frames, while the rest of the explosion is in motion over several frames, and that's just not possible. But yeah, you have to look at it, see what I'm talking about. It's coming up on the hour. Do we got some caller inners? Looks like we got oh cool yeah cool man. We got a caller inner. Let's see here. Oh let me.
play this deal uh, here. Hey folks, Alex Jones here. I'm not busy fighting some war. I'm listening to Hoaxmusters Call, hoaxmusterscall.com. Join the discussion by dialing 724-447-444. Call ID 90337. Right on. All right. All right. All right. All right. Yeah, this is uh, customarily the point in time where I stop running my yapper and we take caller inners and uh, let's see here. Okay, bring this this individual on. I have a collect call from an inmate at a San Bernardino County detention facility. If you would like to accept this call, please press 4. Okay, why not? See who this is. Hello? Hello? Hey, what's going on? I'm not in San Bernardino. I'm not in jail, I don't think. How's jail, man? Did you not, wait? I'm how did you end up in the San Bernardino jail? Are you were you going through there traveling or what? That's what happened I'm to me. I'm in Austin, Texas. I don't know what the fuck that was. Seriously, <laughs> dude. No, that's okay if you're in jail, man. I I I was in the same lockup, dude. I think half the country fuck, is in, in fucking jail. San Bernardino. I've been locked up too, but I ain't in jail right now. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck that was. Seriously. <laughs> Ah, that's a little. That's I'm a little still in Austin, Texas. So five one two. I ain't calling from San Bernardino. <laughs> nah, I know, dude. Yeah. I just, I just, I just mess around with the uh, sound effects and shit. Oh. Nah, that's cool. Okay. Yeah, uh, I've never been there. <laughs> yeah. Nah, the food is terrible, yeah, don't, man. Don't ever go there. No, just, Unless oh, you like bologna sandwiches. Huh? Fried bologna, yeah. I ain't fried bologna, but they don't fry it for you. No, hell no. It's just, it's just this god awful bologna, and then just bread, and then I don't know. I, I think it's just bread and bologna, mm-hmm. no, like no mm-hmm. nothing on it. Mustard, no, nothing. Just freaking bread and bologna, and then cheese? you get oh yeah, a slice of cheese, yeah. You got I think so. There. Yeah, they got they got cheese on there. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Hook you up with some cheese. But yeah, it's just. I don't know if there's. I can't remember. Yeah, I don't think there was like anything on it. It was just kind of just bologna and cheese and bread and then, just, smashed into a. Like you know, I think they sit on it after they make it, and then make sure it's good and flat. I don't know. It's like. Yeah, it's not good. It's it's horrible. And then a bag of Lay's potato yeah. chips. I guess it's better than nothing. But you like you eat it every day though. It's like, come on, man. It's like, it's you know, how, so, yeah. How much how much taxpayer funds go into that that uh, that outfit? And then and then they that's all they can generate is freaking bologna sandwiches. And it's like, oh, you're in jail. You should just uh, yeah. But I went to jail for being in a car accident. So it's like, well, 
I don't know. I guess that makes me a criminal, though, so I, sh- I should just shut my mouth, eat my fucking bologna sandwich, and shut the fuck up. But yeah, man, so what's going on, dude? Uh, you're in Austin? Yeah. I, I called in because uh, uh, John and Ab left me an email, but I threw away my desktop. I just moved to a different apartment. The first time I actually had some time to call. And plus, I have to call in now to hear you show because I threw away my computer. I can't get your show on the iPad. You threw away your computer. Wow. That's old as shit, yeah. Oh, uh, just. I was throwing everything away that was. <laughs> if you look like you can get thrown away, you got thrown away. Then, like 12 years old, you got thrown away. So I finally just crapped the bed and you just threw it in the trash and that's it. He didn't crap the bed. I was just tired of it, and I didn't feel like moving it, some bitch. Oh, okay. A lot of a lot of shit got thrown away. <laughs> a lot. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Oh, yeah. If you're moving, just throw shit away. Get get more shit. Go to the thrift store and or a garage sale and pick up more furniture, and that's closer to your new house. You know, that's the way I kind of operate nowadays. I don't dick around with any of that stuff too much. My girlfriend will get a new one because she likes to watch Netflix. Yeah. Well, now there's all this incentive to get uh, computers because that's where you get your, uh, yeah, you like your net. Well, you don't have, I don't guess, you don't have to have a computer to get Netflix. You can get the box, right? I guess, yeah. I don't have a TV, so you got to. We ain't got no choice here. I don't watch TV. You want to watch Netflix? You gotta watch on the TV. Yeah. Well, if you don't have a TV, you're not gonna be getting Netflix on the box. But uh, yeah, man. I don't have TV either. I hate movies. I don't. Do people bring you TVs when they find out you don't have a TV? Have you had that happen? Yeah, just yesterday. (laughs) <laughs> oh, they don't bring it to me. They call me. Hey, I got this big old TV. I'm, hey, you want it? No, I don't want it. And they look at me like I'm crazy. The guy, That's... the uh, they have the the uh, my last apartment. They had the Google shit or whatever, and they put it in the apartment complex three. It's the Google uh, whatever, and you got cable with it and everything. And they're handing out the cable boxes, and I really do that. He knocked down my door. And I was, he was like, here's your cable box, here's your new box, it's free from the unit, for the unit. And I was like, I don't want it. He looked at me like I was sick. I was like crazy. <laughs> I was like, dude, I don't want to see the shit out of me. Go away. Yeah. Yeah, I've had people bring me TVs when they find out that I don't have TV. It's like, yeah. well, I mean, you could be like, you could be just broke dick, just totally broke down, you know, as far as financially. And you could still scrounge up a TV if you want one, you know, for, like, practically nothing. It's like, why do people feel compelled to give you a TV? That's very strange, I think. It's almost like... I don't live in a nice apartment, so uh, they even have three... They're putting in the free cable. This place is... I moved into a crappy place. They have free cable. Free cable, yeah. Yeah, that's the way to get it if you're going to have it, I guess. 
I haven't had television. I haven't owned a television since uh, 2001, something like that. Maybe before that. Yeah, you have all that live entertainment there and everything, so you don't really need television. You just go out to a club and watch a live band or puppet shows and all that shit. I don't. I don't go out amongst people. Are you a sort of a recluse, kind of like I am a lot of the time? I mean, I, I go see people. I have friends and hang out and stuff. I don't, I don't do crowds. And I don't do cool shit. I don't like to be around hip, cool guys. No. I end up choking on them. So, am I at the home? Yeah. Well, that's, that's uh, funny, cause you, you've been doing the, uh, the, uh, the multiple universe interpretations or whatever. Multiple worlds interpretations, yeah. Yeah, the multiverse. Yeah. You know who that, you know who gave that to us, right? The dude named uh, Hugh Everett. Famous <laughs> fucking scientist. His thesis, Princeton, gave us that. His advisor was uh, Wheeler, John Wheeler. He was also uh, Feynman's advisor. His dad, dude, second, big time army fucking guy. He was army chief of staff eventually. And Hugh, when he left Princeton, went straight to work for the military. Did war games, shit like that. He developed the. Uh, like one of the first, the hardest thing he said, he said the hardest thing he ever did was he, he like developed one of the first, uh, word processing things back in the 50s. Like, you know, the word processor in the computer now. He did that. His son, John Adams would like this, uh, his son is in, uh, I gotta look that up, I think that is fucking name. His son is in an independent band, he does movies and shit, uh, The eel, the eel. Yeah, Sean, can you speak directly into your uh, phone receiver? Oh, you're, yeah, I sound a little bit muffled. That's that's better. It sounds it sounds better. Yeah. But a Hugh yeah. Everett's son. Oh, here we go. Mark Oliver Everett is an indie rock band guy. This is the guy that gave you the, uh, the multiple universe. And then, uh, of course, uh, Stephen Hawking ran with it. That's his shit. Now, now you know what the, what all the multi universe, all the multiverse is, is the wave that the wave function doesn't collapse. You know how Schrodinger's wave function collapse? When you get uh -huh. to like 9-11, the psi symbol? All the multiverse is, is the psi symbol doesn't collapse. It's just one big, Way function for the universe. Like some platonic shit. It's all bullshit. And they know it's bullshit. These military. His dad was fucking military. It's all, it's to fuck with us. Psychological operations. They yeah, they don't believe this shit. Yeah, they don't believe it. His, his, yeah. son, his son is Mark Oliver Everett. He does music for fucking movies and everything. 
He fucking he was, he did a song after DreamWorks for Shrek, My Beloved Monster, uh-huh. Dream Team, Hellboy. He does he's a Hollywood independent fucking band, but he does all these movies and shit. Oh really? Okay. Um, yeah, Google the song, bitch. This is the dude that called us the multiverse's son. You know, we're all the military kids from D.C., right? John Adams talks about this. They end up in fucking bands, right? Well, this is another one. His fucking son, Mark Oliver Everett. Okay. So in the culture creation industry and all that, and then as an inventor of different things, and then as a... Uh... Well, his dad was... A... His dad wrote a thesis in college, his uh-huh. PhD, that gave us the multipers. And, and before that, he was hanging out with. He wrote a letter to Einstein when he was a kid and stuff, if you believe his bio. I'll put some stuff in there, thing after the show or whatever. But, uh, yeah, they don't believe this shit. None of them believe this shit. None of these physicists believe what they say. They can't. They're not that stupid. They're making up stories and they're. Pushing down it, and we fall for it. Oh yeah, well it's a, it is um, well, it's pretty ridiculous if you ask me. I don't, I, you know, where is the evidence for it, or where is it's it's just some kind of, you know, theory you know, or an idea, but yeah, it doesn't uh, really make any sense. It's philosophy. They don't. It's not math. People say, oh, it's the math is. They don't has nothing to do with fucking math. Math is like letters. Just represent the symbol that represents something in your head, right? You know? but it's philosophy behind that shit. Behind the math, you have Wigner symmetry. You have Dirac C. Dirac is fucking Wigner. Eugene Wigner's brother-in-law. You have Emmy Noether's theorem. This is symmetry in the con. This gives us they they build a false relationship. Like it's. Just pure philosophy, symmetry, and the conservation of energy. Energy is a, I don't even get into that. But, you know, if you want to check this shit out, you go through, just Google, like, Bigger, Symmetry, and Emmy Noether's Theorem. This is really different shit. Emmy Noether came up with Einstein, was it? And, uh, who else was? Oh, Hilbert. David Hilbert. You know how I say, uh, Ignoramus, ignorbenus, like uh, I don't know, and I, I won't know. There's the limits to scientific knowledge. Uh-huh. When David Hilbert gave a big speech. He's a famous mathematician. He said, uh, well, that's bullshit. Uh, he said something in German, we must know, we will know. He was Emmy Noether's mentor until she came to the U.S., and then she was uh, Einstein, supposedly, her mentor. It's all bullshit. Just read about it. You try to figure it out, you can't. <laughs> it doesn't make it's bullshit. No, it is. Um, well, it's a way to prop up the whole materialistic uh, philosophy that's promoted out there. It's a, it's a, it's an extension of evolution theory. It's okay. You start asking questions about the universe, and then you kind of run into the uh, fine-tuning issues with, uh, oh, well, you know, if this particular atomic bond was, you know, one 
one notch off, then the whole thing would fly apart, and it would be no good for, you know, getting any kind of chemical reaction or anything. And then you, 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 you're kind of looking around, and you find uh, just endless examples of that sort of thing where, oh, if this, if this uh, particular um, set of circumstances wasn't just precisely tuned to where it is, then it, it wouldn't function. And then uh, you have to deal with it on, you know, some way or another. You can't, at a certain point, you can say, you know, coincidence. Well, you know, that's a coincidence. And that's, well, why does the moon, you know, in the eclipse precisely cover the sun? Oh, that's a coincidence. And then why is our atmosphere made up of this specific gases that uh, are conducive to life? Well, that's a coincidence. And then, you know, you see what I mean? Once you start uh, running all those things together and you keep invoking coincidence, it's, it starts to lose its, uh, you know, it it's becomes un- untenable at that point where it doesn't, uh, you know, have any explanatory power. Coincidence, you know, you can, you can pull that out of the hat uh, only so many times. So, that, you know, you, you got to have, you got to come up with something. And then that's where you end up. I, 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 I'm firmly convinced that that's, that's the whole reason for the multiverse thing is that they can now invoke, uh, yeah. And then like they'll say, well, it's, 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 it's mathematics and ma- ma- mathematics is, is, is given an indicator that there's these, you know, multiverses out there. So there's this, so that solves the problem of the fine-tuning of the universe is that, oh, you have an infinite number of universes, and then we just happen to be the one that kind of uh, where where the cosmic lottery kind of all came up in the favor of life, and then, you know, that's why we're here, and we think we're special, but we're not. We're only one of, you know, untold, you know, 10 to the 120th power of universes, which, which that... I've heard that figure, and that's that correlates to the number of atoms in the known universe. So that's how many other universes that they're proposing, and, and the whole thing it, it it's so outlandish and preposterous. But yet, you know, that's the only thing that you're left with if you're going to have to explain the the fine tuning of the universe issue. You're going to have to do something that's you know has some explanatory power, and as absurd as that is, it's. And then, like, you'll hear these uh, theoretical physicists stuff that are out there in the field and stuff like that. And the the few uh, uh, interviews and stuff I've seen where they're they're kind of giving their opinion on the multiverse thing. They're saying, oh, yeah, I don't really subscribe to that. I don't think it has any kind of real uh, um, evidence to back it up or anything. It's merely just, you know, theoretical, and that's all there is to it. But then you take a guy like Richard Dawkins or one of these... Uh, you know, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, the guy that I, uh, uh, Lawrence Krauss, that guy, or, you know, these, these spokesmen, these, 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 uh, these guys that go around and they, you know, they flog this stuff and they're high profile and, you know, and they write books and all that. And it's kind of this populist science, uh, garbage, you know, that, that gets pumped out there, pumped into everybody's minds and they go mm-hmm. on these university circuit and all that. And it's like, they, they, they uh, had no reservations about invoking the multiverse because it, 
because really as a philosophy, the whole, you know, evolution theory and evolution and all that, uh, how, you know, how it relates to the universe and all that stuff, it, 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 it totally falls apart. It has no explanatory power, how, you know, chemical uh, bonds are created and all this other stuff as far as, you know, why it works or anything like that. So, yep. You have to go into a totally different realm, and that's where they invoke this multiverse well, thing. Well, they actually bring the sky symbol, that stupid fucking symbol that was at the uh, JFK, the Dealey Plaza, the uh, World Trade Center, Schrodinger's Way fucking function. Well, minus calling on a goddamn noble for bringing that fucking bullshit wave function to chemical balance. Google this shit, minus Paulus. Minus Pauling and the, and the uh, wave function. He brought that shit to chemistry. The wave function is now in chemistry. It's they call it resonance. It's all bullshit. And at the same university, there is a big, the Oklahoma City bombing, right? I mean, who's the racist fucking guy who's supposed to be racist? Uh, here's a nuclear physicist from the University of Oregon State. Where, uh, what's his name was that? Calling. Uh, he's got a symbol for his little. Uh, God, what was his name? I made a post on this on that letter site. Uh, I forgot his name. You know what I'm talking about? The guy who wrote the book. He, he, he used a, a nuclear bomb, blew up the Pentagon, and they found the book on, uh, and they arrested, uh, what's his name, McVay. And then they found pages from another book for the other guy they arrested from the same dude. Terry Nichols? They found, they yeah, found yeah, a they book found in his the, place. the same book from the, the, the author that, uh... Oh. It's not Ted Kaczynski, is it? Mm. No, no. He's the he's the guy. He has the church of uh, the symbol is the uh, it's the it's the sign symbol. It's the ancient sign symbol. It's just it's the man room for uh, you know the and fucks. Well, anyways, that symbol he used. He wrote he has some racist shit or whatever the church some racist church, and his books were in the his books are supposedly what caused the. Oklahoma City bombers to bomb Oklahoma City. Uh-huh. Elohim City. Well, anyway, I, I have to, I'll find it. I, just, I really don't know what I did. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to look it up. Oh. Uh, Robert G. Miller. I'll find it eventually. Uh, Not him? Yeah. yeah. Founder of Elohim City, Christian identity. William Pierce. Yeah, put William Pierce in there. He was a physics professor from Oregon State, and his book was about a nuclear warhead blowing up the Pentagon. Right? The Turner Diaries guy. He was the Turner Diaries. Remember Turner? And his other book was Hunter. And that, that's what they found on what Terry Nichols' Hunter, and they found Terry Turner Diaries on McVeigh. Oh, seriously, wow. That's a trip. Uh, William Luther Pierce the third, a prominent American white nationalist and political activist. He was one of the most influential ideologues of the white nationalist movement for some 30 years before his death. 
A physicist by profession, he was also an author under the pseudonym Andrew McDonald of the novels The Turner Diaries and Hunter. Pierce found, founded the uh, National Alliance, a major white nationalist organization, which he led for almost 30 years. That guy? Yep. And that's where Oregon, Oregon State, he was a nuclear physicist at Oregon State. And then Linus Pauling was at Oregon State when he threw the goddamn psi into it, when he brought the psi, the psi symbol to valence structure. So this he guy to, he came up with the multiverse? No, he didn't come up with the multiverse. He just used, the wave function collapsed. Schrodinger's wave function collapses when you look at it, right? According to according to the recent discoveries of quantum physics, right, is what they're saying. The the sine well, wave collapses. This is from the thirties and forties. Just showing this, showing this. And you can't measure it. Basically, it's all bullshit. You don't even learn it. It just. But there's people like Hugh Everett. He didn't like that, so he says, "Well, there's a wave function of the well." We're told he didn't like that. So he said, there's a wave function of the universe. And everyone, oh, that's bullshit, that's bullshit. No one believed him when he wrote his thesis. Then like 30 years later, he becomes famous, and all the science fiction writers start using his name and shit and stories. And this is after he'd been doing 30 years. He's straight up military dude. That motherfucker never did private. Well, the first time he went private after he wrote that thesis was, uh, got a Lambda Corp. Well, Lambda Corp was military, and then he turned it private. Dude's a fucking military officer. His dad was goddamn army chief of staff, I think. And he ran the fucking. He ran. Uh, he did war games for. Uh, uh, yeah, he's another Berkeley guy. A Berkeley guy that uh, he was uh, did the bombing McNamara. He was McNamara's war games guy for the Vietnam War. He was fucking everything. He would give him all this, all this shit. Oh, okay. It all ties the fuck together. There's only a few people doing this thing. The rest of us are sitting here believing it. There ain't a lot of them, goddammit. You can just start naming names. I don't, I don't know if he's a Jew. I don't know if he's fucking Catholic or Jesuit. I'm just naming fucking names. He's a fucking scam with military. Like, uh, CBS. Fucking military. Joe Kennedy. I put a post in, uh, Eric Today's fucking site, uh, the Flat Earth site. They erased the first one, but the last one I put in, they haven't erased it. The dude sent me a note. He said, uh, Yeah, this William um, Luther Pierce III is an interesting guy. Every oh, his Wikipedia. I didn't, I didn't finish that. Uh, I didn't finish that. Pop. Linus got another uh, noble. Uh, yeah, if someone gets a noble prize, that means they're a fucking hustler. That's a scam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's like a prize. If, if you see someone get the noble prize, run. They right. are evil right. as fuck. You, you, yes. Once you even get nominated, you're evil as fuck. Well, Linus Cohen got another noble for his anti-nuke. He started the anti-nuke movement. And they the symbol, they made the symbol for him, which is the upside down side symbol, the upside down man with the circle around it. Oh, okay. And he won the no, another no prize. That's the peace symbol. You see this fucker, these hippies riding around with goddamn peace symbol. That's the that's the upside down rune. That's the upside down side symbol. 
about fucking the nuclear disarmament, which there are no fucking nukes. That's right. another guy out. These fucking hippies riding around proud as shit, all smug and smart. They're retarded as fuck. That's why I don't call them. Calling people out. Yeah, it's all a bunch of malarkey, and, you know, they're just laying the groundwork for all this nuclear nonsense, and then the bomb, and and then, yeah, you have the same kind of cast of characters that are kind of floating around it, and then, um, yeah, Oppenheimer is an actor. Uh, If you got a PhD in physics, and your postdoc, you're still doing work. I suppose there are people who can write fucking theses and go through all that shit. Still believe the nonsense. Those are the really stupid ones. They really think they're smart fathers. But if you're teaching that, I got a big university. You know. <laughs> so do you believe there's such a thing as uh, radioactive material like uh, uranium, plutonium? You can run it through cyclotron and whatever and make it, uh, you know, start spitting out harmful radioactive um, waves that'll make you sick, stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, cyclotron ain't shit. That's bullshit. That's goddamn color TV without the spirit. I mean, shit to cyclotron. You know, palatron goes and all that shit. That's an experiment on us. I'm shit on part of it. Now, uh, uranium element 92, 93 is, I think, Neptunium. I don't know where that was. I actually look at them talking shit anymore. Yeah, I need to look shit up. So you think it puts out radiation and makes you sick? Oh, uranium? I don't know. We, like, whatever makes those goddamn Geiger counters jump, which I don't know. There's gas in between a, a charged wire. I don't yeah. know how that can be tested. For uranium element 92, which is kind of funny for me. Let me see what 93 is. So we got, uh, like, Chernobyl, which is supposedly the site of the worst uh, nuclear accident in uh, world history, right? And nowadays, we've talked about this multiple times before on past calls, how it's... uh, how, how it's a nature preserve now yeah. and um, they have yeah, this breed of horses that were was just about to go extinct and they set them loose in Chernobyl and they're like thriving now and they're making a comeback yeah. and it's like well I don't know they got two heads now or like what is they they glow in the dark now they're they're fine everything's fine everything's like thriving and it's flourishing and it's uh all um a big nature preserve now just just uh and then you know we're told that uh all the half-life is such and such and it's going to be uninhabitable for you know the next thousand years or whatever and then yeah i went to uh hiroshima on because when i was in the navy went to japan we went to sasebo japan and then i took a I took a bus on a little field trip thing. Uh, Oh, it was, yeah, it was lush and had these uh, cherry blossom trees and 
it was really nice park and kids playing and birds chirping and people kicking back enjoying themselves and and then you walk around to the thing and then it's got like this black obelisk and then it's got a thing on there that says oh here's ground zero where the nuke went off and all that and then like there's all these trees around it and grass green grass and everything shouldn't it be like a radioactive rubble pile still it's like oh that stuff is just complete and total garbage nonsense where's the half-life on that shit what it blew away yeah, I guess it all blew away. Or well, it, uh, hey, I, I, yeah. I looked up Element 93. This is 1 through 92. Fucking hydrogen to 92. That's a, that's supposed to be the real stuff. Everything after that we make, right? The Neptunium, oh. is, that's 93 right after 92. That was made at Berkeley, of course. And check out the symbol for Neptune. It's the goddamn side symbol. Element 94, 13, which is made, that was made by the greatest, the greatest alchemist of the 20th century, uh, Glenn Seaborg. He made that shit at Berkeley. Plutonium was made at Berkeley. That shit ain't real. Problem 14 ain't real. That shit was made at Berkeley. Shit ain't real. Uh, what's the, Seaborg made 10 fucking elements. 10. Einsteinium, Berkelium. They were his Seabordium. There's a fucking element named Seabordium. For fuck's sake. People buy this shit. I don't know what the fuck's going on with these motherfuckers. That's not, yeah, plutonium is not real. It's nonsense. It's a children's story. What about, nu- what about nuclear reactors and all that stuff? What is it? Large has the fucking patent on the nuclear reactor, chain reaction, actually. Actually, has he, you, you said you were talking about breeder reactors earlier? Oh, and Tinian? The dude you're talking about who's on Tinian? That was, uh, Louis, Louis fucking Alvarez was on Tinian. He's the one who, he put the bomb together. Him and his buddy, and Fred Abuse, another Berkeley fuck. Chicago fuck, actually. Yeah, and the boat that dropped that off, <laughs> Louis was on the USS Indianapolis, the one that, and as soon as the USS Indianapolis dropped off the bomb, they dropped off the bomb in Louis, McKinney. Not a day later, they got sunk and everyone got ate by sharks. That's the story, right? Indianapolis, oh, really? remember the oh, end really? of the, the, the dude in the, that famous thing, that, that one. It's like a day later, that sunk by the, the Japanese last submarine, they told. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, That's uh, the Jaws. Remember, you know, you know the guy in the Jaws, the big, the little, the little Korean Jaws, the, the captain on Jaws. Okay. At least he delivered the bomb. Remember that line in Jaws? Yeah, that was Louis fucking Alvarez. At least he delivered Louis. God damn it. Yeah, Louis Alvarez, yeah. I've looked at I've looked at this stuff too much. Louis Alvarez, he's the guy with his son who said that he told us how the meteor killed the dinosaurs. He's big time he he got his Nobel for uh particle physics, uh he started us on the course to the court. Slater can't find it find it in uh what the fuck is that? 
They came up the eight-folded way. They used some Buddhist shit to discover the quartz. And like hadrons are made of, what we call hadrons are just made of just stuff that's made of quartz, which don't exist either. It's all BS. It's a game. It is a joke. And people are fucking figuring it out now. I mean, Ab doesn't believe in atoms, for Christ's sake, so shit. There's hope, man. So you believe in atoms? I don't know. I don't know. I don't believe in shit I can't see. No one's seen an atom. Atoms yeah, I've stories. never seen one. I've never seen one either. They are a story that we're, we've been told our whole life. I've never seen a dinosaur, so I don't believe that shit because everyone is lying to me. Every fucking <laughs> brother. My parents lied to me. The most important thing in my life, when you're a little kid, what is it? You wait for Christmas all fucking... It's a big fucking lie. But it makes you happy, right? You learn to be happy to get lied to because you get some sweet gifts. Your training starts early, man. It's fucking nuts. If you sit back and just... You let the narrative kill all your sacred cows. If you set your dogs free, if you don't have a dog in the fight, you sit back and watch it like an old lady or an old dude, you know, that lost her teeth and don't give a shit and are ready to check out. They don't have a dog in the They just sit back and that's, that's probably why kids look so stupid to old people, you know? But, uh, yeah, Neptunian has the, uh, that's the size symbol too. <laughs> they tell you. They don't hide it. They tell you. They give you the symbols. You got to look. That's where it starts, you know, from 92. I don't, and the radiation, I don't know, Cherry, and all that shit, because I don't know how Geiger counters look. No one does. We got carbon-14 because Bill uh, Libby said he made the best damn Geiger counters in the universe. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. He, he cornered the market on the sons of bitches. He's the only one who could detect the shit. On the whole damn planet, or plane, whatever the fuck you are. It's silly. Now, you know, I get tired of like, you know, I'm trying to explain it. I mean, fuck, I just want people to start like, just look at this Just, you see a dude who makes a clone, look him up. Find out who his thesis advisor was. Who's his parents? Who's his cousins? They're all fucking related. Yeah, they're all related, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing I put in uh, this, uh, one of these dudes on Eric Today's site, just, uh, they threw in, uh, ooh, uh, NASA's not real because T.T. Fleming, you know, where the fuck is he at? He lived there for me, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if he goes to Cruise for him and stuff. So, I, you know, I wrote him, like I put in my, there's a quote, so I just followed up to let him know I'm paying attention. Like, there's a quote, actually, from, uh, it's from the, uh, thing I put on, it's a little biography I sent you that one time. This is what he says. When the Apollo 11 astronauts landed on the moon on 20 July, 1969, I was glued to the television screen at the Bohemian Grove, north of San Francisco. And was as thrilled and emotionally moved as anyone could be. P.T. fucking Barnum. P.T. Barnum? <laughs> And, and Barnum, there's 
You know, you know, the one of the most famous dinosaur hunter, bone hunter, was named Barnum Brown. He was actually named after T.T. Barnum. That's a whole other story. Oh, yeah. And, uh, really? Oh, okay. That would make sense. Yeah, how the dinosaurs, like, uh, just kind of suddenly appear on the scene in, what, 18, what, 48, something like that. And then um, they sent out to look for them to, to prove all the theories and all that. And then, like, lo and behold, they know right where to dig. And then they start digging them up. Uh, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. And then, you know, that's the, but that's, you know, what they'll tell you. And then all of a sudden, you got all these dinosaurs and all that. And then it comes into the popular culture. And then it comes into the, yeah, of course, universities and all that stuff. They start teaching it. And then, yeah, so, well, you know, if so, you want, yeah. Hey, if you got some extra time, one day, just uh, start Googling, uh, like, the first meteorite. Like, uh, just, you know, have fun with that. I do a post. I do a post. On it for you, but check out the meteorites. You do some crazy the dinosaur shit. You should see some of the people that found the first meteorites, and it wasn't too long ago, <laughs> like 100, 150, 20 years ago. Oh, really? That's yeah. another. Yeah. So, what is the stuff that you see in the sky with the uh... shit out of me? Light. It's not meteorites. Ignoramus, Venus. You're asking the wrong person. I have no cosmology. I don't have anything. I don't know. I'm fine with that. If I did know, would it change my would it change my next day? Would I wake up tomorrow and would I not have to pick up heavy ass rocks and make fucking cement? You know? No. Yeah. It wouldn't change my life at all. No. Uh, whatever. So uh, I, I was uh, Glennon. He started the, we talked about this before, he, the move, he was in the show business, the talkie business, doing the sound of the movies. Uh-huh. He worked for AT&T, West, whatever, Western, whatever it was, but it was AT&T. And then there's another company called ERPI. And he was rivals with Joe Kennedy. Joe Kennedy was pushing the exact same shit to RKO and Patrick. Was, uh, the movie, the news real thing. So, he consolidated RKO and Patsy and he made millions and other people lost money. And then he teamed up with General Sarnoff. Literally, dude's a fucking Brigadier General. Fucking the Jew, David Sarnoff. So people like to call him, no, he's a general, goddamn. He's a general for the Jew. He was, uh, he was pushing the photo phone and he, they got together and they formed RCA. Okay. RCA was, that's Joe Kennedy and fucking David Sarnoff and an admiral to mother dude that's straight military and Owen Young he was on the German Reparations Committee they uh the US the uh, army they confiscated all the Marconi wireless shit Pan-American so the Navy Army yeah the Navy, the Navy that's the real intelligence uh, the Navy so they they gave it to General Electric and they put it with RCA, Matter Fruit Company. I don't know how they got involved. It's weird as shit. Westinghouse. And AT&T, of course, which is Westinghouse. And that formed NBC. But 
they they were they all got their license from the Navy, and their Admiral Bullard sat on the board for his efforts in establishing RCA, and that created federally created monopolies from radio for GE, Westinghouse, and and in telephone for AT and T. That's Navy that just had those monopolies. That's yeah. a fucking Wikipedia. That shit ain't hidden. Oh yeah, that's right in my fucking face. And then Joe donated a shit ton of Pepe footage, pathetic footage, to Nelson Rockefeller's mommy's fucking museum, MoMA, Museum of Modern Art. Ah, uh-huh. the people who ran that shit. Yeah, uh. Okay, Bill Paley, the dude from uh, the RCA deal, right? CBS, uh-huh. the founding father of the CIA's Miles Malthus. John Hay Whitney, who was on, he was a member, he was, a, he was on the OSS. And Tom Braden, the dude who wrote A is Enough, and uh, the the old CNN host when it first came out, the Crossfire dude, Tom yeah. Braden. Tom Braden, yeah. CIA, International Organization Division. That's straight CIA shit. Straight up. It's not him. Then you get to see, you see Jack on Path A. You can go to YouTube and go to Path A footage of Jack doing the first satellite communications press conference on the Telstar satellite. It's all it's all straight military. You tell Star, if you know a soccer ball, close your eyes and picture soccer ball. What do you see? You see a white and black hexagon? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the tectonic archetype, you know what I'm saying? That's Telstar, goddamn it. That's Telstar D the soccer ball. That's for the World Cup in honor of the uh, first communication satellite. When you see it, when you close your eyes and vision the soccer ball, you're seeing the first fucking communication satellite. That was invented by goddamn Arthur C. Clarke, supposedly. In his house, he just with a pencil. Goddamn it, you put it far enough. And then, so Kenny, Joe owned RKO. He's the one to combine that shit and made it a big time deal. So when Bobby, his son, gets fucked, his, his head blown off, which Frank Fabian Mankiewicz was his fucking spokesman, he announced his death for the world. Fabian, right? You like that little name? Fabian? You know, his dad was Herman Mankiewicz. Probably the most famous screenwriter. He co-wrote, uh, well, co-wrote, he really wrote <laughs> Citizen Kane. And who released Citizen Kane? RKO, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? It's all bullshit. They're all related. Now, you know who Bill Paley was married to? Well, his second wife, I think. She was like one of the first fucking like uh, social like famous ones and shit or whatever. She was the daughter of Harvey Cushing. He invented neurosurgery. And he, he's the one we're told. Let me see, I'll find the quote. Here we go. John and Ernest. John Lawrence and Ernest Lawrence. Ernest is the Adam, Adam Smasher. He made the cyclotrons. And Leo Zillard, Leo, the dude who wrote the letters to the president, and hey, we got to work on these meetings and whatnot. He's the one who had the patent on the shit. 
And he said, Ernest, you can run with it. So Ernest ran with it. So whatever, John, John's his little brother. He invented nuclear medicine using the cyclotron. John and Ernest returned to Harvard to consult John's esteemed mentor there, Harvey Cushing, the country's most eminent brain surgeon. He was dazzled by what they reported. The field of radia radiation is something big, he concluded. I think medicine now is at the threshold like the one I, when I was a young doctor at the time that bacteriology was discovered. In 1937, John Lawrence moved to Berkeley to build a research program in nuclear medicine. With the help of Ernest, the help, with the fuck, Ernest, <laughs> Ernest made sight of John, man. He raised the money to build the Donner Laboratory, of which he ultimately became the director. The Donner Lab remains on campus to this day, an important link between the campus and the Lawrence Berkeley National Lab. It's all bullshit. Oh, I forgot. Here's another story. Uh, Leo Zillard, he, uh, back in the day, said, man, I can invent a bomb that would destroy the world. Just need to use Cobalt 60. I think it's Cobalt 60 or whatever. <laughs> and everyone's like, you're crazy. Just some, like the real smart scientist said, oh, yeah, maybe he could do that. Well, anyways, two years later, fast forward two years later, supposedly Leo had cancer. I forget what kind of cancer he had. And he's like, fuck it, just shoot a cobalt 60 in there, and it'll go away. And the doctor's like, no, we can't, it'll kill you. He's like, do it. <laughs> and, they, and they did it. And they cured him, God damn it. <laughs> that's nuclear medicine, that's right? Yep, that's how we can, God damn it. Well, they still do this, they still do that to this day, right? They'll They'll put that in you. If you get a tumor or yeah. something like that, and supposedly will kill yeah. the tumor. They put that in. They put that in to kill your ass. They didn't put it in Leo. Leo just wrote a story. Right. <laughs> yeah, they'll put that shit in you, and they'll yeah. send you home, and then they'll tell you, "Yeah, you don't want to have contact with any of your family members or anything. You need to stay away from people for for a couple of weeks because you're because you're hot. You're radioactive." You got like radioactive mm -hmm. material in you. That's what they say. But uh, yeah, that's nuclear medicine, I guess. Is that what they call it? Where you're getting yeah. in injected with that's it? That's John Lawrence. That's John Lawrence. He invented that at Berkeley on the Saskatchewan. He's the Adam Smashers of the brother. That's how stupid the narrative is. Or whatever. Hey, maybe I'm crazy. And anyway, uh, Babe and Bill had a fucking kid. The socialite Babe and Bill Perry, the CIA, CBS fuck. They had a kid. Let me find her. Uh, amen. She's, uh, Charlie Rose's girlfriend. Uh, okay. She's, uh, she's, uh, like the second most powerful person in New York behind Bill Dick. Man, I'm very, very smart until I get on the phone with you. And I forget everything. <laughs> Charlie Rose is a girlfriend? Yeah, Google that real quick. Maybe you can get some I'm looking at my damn iPad. Amanda Burden? Yep, there you go. Read her bio. That's Babe's daughter. She looks. She's dead ringer for babe, too. 
She's a principal at Bloomberg Associates, an international consulting service founded by Michael Bloomberg as a philanthropic venture to help city governments improve the quality of life for their citizens. She's a director of the New York City Department of City Planning and the chair of the City Planning Commission under the mayor, Michael Bloomberg, 2002-2013. Da-da-da. You can't build shit in New York without her permission. Put it that way. She's the, the daughter of socialite Babe Paley. And her first husband, Stanley Grafton Mortimer Jr., an heir to the Standard Oil oh, Fortune, yeah. descendant of the yeah, first chief. I got her other husband. Yeah, she, she wasn't Paley's daughter yet. My bad. She's a descendant of the first. Other husband. She's a descendant of the first chief justice of the U.S. Supreme Court, John Jay, and the granddaughter of Don Her- Harvey Cushing, the father of the American neurosurgery and Pulitzer Prize-winning author. She has a brother, Stanley Grafton Mortimer III, five half-siblings, William Cushing Paley, Kate Cushing Paley, Avril Mortimer, Jay Mortimer, and David Mortimer. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Step. Her mother married mm-hmm. William. Mm-hmm. William. Her mother married William S. Paley, the son of a successful immigrant entrepreneur who built a family acquisition in CBS. Her stepmother, Kate Kathleen Mortimer, Born in 1917, was a daughter of a railroad heir and United States ambassador W. Everett Harriman. Shit. Yeah, just always, yeah, the same families and the same connections and running all these scams. Uh, he, yeah. There you go. Uh, Harvey Christian, he's from Cleveland. I guess he's my homeboy. He married Catherine Stone Crowell. The Cleveland childhood friend on June 10th, 1902. They had five children. William Harvey Cushing, Mary Benedict Cushing, who married Vincent Astor, and later James Whitney Oldsburg. Betsy Cushing, who married James Roosevelt, and later John Hay Whitney, and Henry Kirk Cushing, and they, Barbara Babe Cushing, the socialite wife of Stan Graff and Mortimer, and later, later William Paley. Yeah, well, you know, William S. Paley, the, uh, he was um, head of CBS, and then he worked for uh, psychological operations in the military yep. prior to that. That's what well, was in the military. Bill, oh, well, uh, well, Bill's not a... Bill's not a... I don't know if he's a... Let me see. Yep, Office of War Information. Yep. And you see who the... Uh, everyone in that deal. All these dudes, like... Uh, Sarnoff, another Jew. That's what I think. Like these, like you, know, you see all these weird sites. Oh, it's the fucking Jew. It's the fucking Jew. I think these Jews are military. I guess the front for the military. Hey, shit goes south. Hey, it's the fucking Jews. You know what I'm saying? The fucking Jews. And what do the Jews do? They just move, right? Ah, oh, the Jews have been kicked out of here. They've been kicked out of all these countries. No shit. <laughs> go somewhere else to do hustles for the military. Oh, yeah. If we didn't have Hitler, if we didn't have Hitler, right, would we have uh, the Manhattan Project? Would we have Project Paperclip? Would we have the state of fucking Israel? You see what I'm saying? Without Hitler, you don't have none of that shit. To chase him out or whatever, to have the drama, to play that role in the dialectic in the land of fucking Hegel. Apparently people can't figure out. There's a dialectic going on. It's fucking Germany, fucks. Atlanta Hagel. Yeah, it's all, well, that's what you're saying. It's all German. Yeah. 
German. Uh, it's not all German. It could be any. It's military. It's all, It's one fucking military. No, like you always see these military connections. Yeah, I mean, it's always uh, former military, supposedly, usually in some uh, position of, uh, yeah, an intelligence operations or something like that, coming out of that, and then into the private sector, and then doing their deal, and then, uh, yeah, it's the same story, yeah. See it repeated over and over. Hey, I mean, you know. what was her this uh, uh, Amanda Burden? What was her first husband? Her first husband was a multi multimillionaire descendant of Cornelius Vanderbilt and the great nephew of actor Douglas Fairbanks Senior. <laughs> An actor. <laughs> Yeah, and then that's another but thing. I'm, I'm, all the I'm crazy, but I'm crazy. I'm crazy. All the Hollywood connections too. People have told me that I'm nuts so many times. Because all I do is I like read shit and tell them, look, look, you think this should look? You don't see the house over here? Yeah, this is big I mean, club, you know. It's not even. It's not even hidden. Like, people don't care. It's right here on the Wikipedia's here. I think that's why they made Wikipedia, because it's so easy to connect the dots. There's another site called NMDA or whatever. Because it just, you, it's fucking hyperlinked. You hit it, but it's, how hard is that? You just fucking hit it and you read, you know? Oh, that's his sister? That's, you know, what's so hard about that? They do it to see if anyone's paying attention. Because back in the day, I would have had to go to an encyclopedia and then go to a whole other encyclopedia to look up these other, you know what I'm saying? On the Wikipedia, you just, it's hypertext. You hit the fucking blueprint, and it takes you to a whole other page, and it tells this person's story and how they're connected. And they're connected to other people. That's the, they're like, hey, are you, they're checking to see if you're even fucking capable of looking. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But I try to keep to myself because people think I'm crazy. It's like, you see Betsy, her other sister married James fucking Roosevelt. <laughs> and right, later, okay. J- John Hay Whitney. <laughs> Whitney, John Hay Whitney. Colloquially, colloquially known as Jack Whitney. Was U.S. Ambassador to the United Kingdom. I was with the New York Herald Tribune. And President of the Museum of Modern Life, the MoMA, the CIA Museum. Go fucking figure. <laughs> oh, yeah. How could that be? How the fuck could that be? He's a Puritan. He wasn't Jewish. What? These Jews and Puritans mixing them. What's going on? What? That can't be right. Hmm. Whitney Stanley Mashin, Payne Whitney House in New York's Fifth Avenue. He's around the corner from James B. Duke House, home of the founder of the American Tobacco Company. Whitney's uncle, Oliver Hazard Payne, the business partner of John D. Rockefeller, arranged the funding for Duke to buy out his competitors. <laughs> yeah. He's going, going to you, yeah. Oh, and he turned the corn crew cut. Corn to turn crew cut. Well, he's a good son, he's fucking productive. 
And we got uh, Rochelle. Oh, is she still on hold? She wanted to say something. Oh, she's still there. She was on Skype. Oh, she's still there anymore. Hmm. Damn, I, you know, I've never run this. I've never. He was uh, the dude was a Technicolor guy. Whitney invested in several Broadway shows, including Peter Arno's Peter Arno's 1931 review, Here Goes the Bride, a favorite cost him $100,000. But he's a successful life father. In October 34, a Fortune article on the Technicolor Corporation made a Whitney's interest in pictures. He had met Technicolor head Herbert Talmers at the Saratoga Race Course. 32, Technicolor achieved a breakthrough with its three-strip process. Marion C. Cooper of RKO. There you go. RK fuck you know, that's Joe that's Joe Kane. He put that shit together. The general. Mm-hmm. The good general the good Jewish general, of course, on uh, Sarnoff. Approached Whitney with the idea of investing in Technicolor. They joined forces and found Pioneer Pictures in nineteen thirty three with a distribu- distribution deal with RKO to distribute Pioneer Skins. Whitney and his cousin Cornelius Vanderbilt, Whitney. I guess it's related to the Vanderbilt. <laughs> Bought a fifteen percent stake in Technicolor. Oh, he put up half the money for uh, Gone with the Wind. There you go. Yeah, the culture creation hey, industry I'm, and and these you know, same I'm people. He's not Jewish. He's not Jewish, though. I guess it doesn't count. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I do believe the Jews are influential and they have their kind of, you know, if you ever read any of that stuff out of the Talmud and all that with the... Uh, yeah, evil stuff, yes. Okay. Yeah, there's one book uh, the, that was written by um, Michael Hoffman, The Judaism, Strange Gods, and it's a short read. It's not really long, but he... he quotes a lot out of the Talmud and all that and it's some pretty hair-raising stuff man it's like wow this is part of the Jewish or you know religion uh, I don't know if that's you know, there's hair-raising stuff in every well that Talmud's fucked up I mean, I yeah the Talmud's Talmud. totally fucked up dude I mean it, it's it's, I mean, it's, it's pretty there's, incredible there's fucked up shit in the Bible too that you know it's sort of it's the cognitive dissonance man this is the greatest you know it's just like Christmas this is the best time, man. I get all this free shit, but but my parents are lying to me. <laughs> you know? God, I love the feeling of going to church, man. I love to be, you know, I believe, man. I feel there's something bigger than this, but damn, this book is fucking crazy. That's business. That's what it's for. Yeah, just to kind of bog all your mind, I guess. Boom. So you fucking bury your head and stop trying to think because it's scary out there. Especially if you have a dog in the fight. You're gonna get, your dog's going to get raped. You throw in the ocean and get eaten by sharks. You can't have a dog in the fight. You just got to be like, hey, I don't know what the fuck is going on. I don't care what's going on. I'm doing my thing. I'm trying to live as well as I can. I listen to my body. I listen to my mind. I listen to people's minds. I respect who I know. I've seen in action. Anything besides that is your stories. And the stories are fucking absurd. 
absurd. Especially if you take the time to fucking read them. Babe, I mean, you know where Babe and uh, Bill got buried? Cold Spring Harbor. Which is fucking hilarious. That's where they got married? That's where they got buried together. They got buried Cold Spring Harbor. That's the D. That's uh, Ground Zero for the fucking Eugenics movie. Looks like John Adams is here. That's where James Watson. That's where James Watson fucking. He ran that place for 50 years. After he after he solved for DNA, he solved the image of DNA. He never solved DNA. He solved for the image. Joan from California. That's right. Oh, Alan Watts on the call. Cool. That's right. You're on the air. Go ahead. And Alex Jones. Wow. Go ahead. <laughs> Sean calling from uh, Bernanillo County yeah. lockup. <laughs> sure have, uh, they let me. They let me talk on the phone. Oh, yeah. Sean, Sean's on. Yeah, I call. Yeah, I got your email message. I just been yeah. moving, man. So I called him oh, yeah. I got your message. Oh, cool. Cool, yeah. You, yeah. You should, uh, yeah, you should do a call with us one time, like, get, get a whole bunch of stuff, like, you know, uh, compiled, and, and we'll just let you have the floor, and that way you could have, like, an audio of all of it. You know? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know if I'm going to get it there. I'm going to, like, people say something, and it gives us something to respond. You know? Yeah, any that's what I mean. That's kind of what me and Chris do anyways. Yeah, that's yeah. the only place, yeah. Where else are you going to do it, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you, you've had some good calls lately. You guys with the, uh... You guys have, actually have, like, famous people. Well, famous in our little world, I reckon. <laughs> Which uh, just tells us how little our little world is, you know. Well, it just tells it just tells you how um, how hard up for book sales everybody is. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit! This Whitney guy—he succeeded Nelson as the president of the uh, MoMA. Nelson's mommy's museum. Nelson's mommy's CIA museum. Are you talking about the Metropolitan Museum of Art? Yeah. Nelson Rockefeller? Mm-hmm. And yeah. who, who, who succeeded him? A Whitney succeeded him? Yeah, John. Hey, Whitney. We were talking about, uh... Jock Whitney? Yep. <laughs> you knew his name. I didn't. That's good. We are talking hey, about Harvey... Guy? We're talking about Harvey Christian's daughters. Who they married. What's your guys' views on the moon landing? What? What? What's your views on the moon landing? Oh, someone landed on the moon. Yeah. Yeah. What's your guys' views on it? On that? Uh, it didn't happen, bro. I don't think you can walk on the moon. I don't know. I don't even think it's fucking solid. 
I have no idea what the moon is. I don't know what about far away. What about hmm? outer space? I have no, I've never been there. I see lights up there. Is this yeah. caller from Illinois? Yeah. Hey, what's going on? What's your name, man? Johnny. Your first time calling? Yeah. Oh, cool. How'd you find out about uh, the call here? Well, I think you know someone named Dave Eager, so um, he told me about your Hulkbusters chat, um, the top shoe call, so oh, I'll right. call you cool. guys and see you are on. So. Yeah. Deal. I said listen in. Cool. I don't think we went to the moon. I think it was all scam operation myself. But I don't know. Just go watch the rockets, dude. Watch the rockets take off. You tell me if we went to the moon. Shit. I tell you what. You can watch the first satellite take off. It's called the Big Picture. Do uh, YouTube the Big Picture. The Big Picture uh, uh, Explorer One. Put that on YouTube and watch that. Okay. Yeah. Watch, watch that bullshit. Tell me if you believe the satellites, man. <laughs> that's pretty. That's pretty crazy stuff. Yeah. Yeah, with no. the whole spinning contraption check on the. Check this out. I, t- I took my daughter. I took my daughter to the farm the other day, right? So she could see all the animals, and sure enough, come driving up this dirt road out in the middle of nowhere, out here where there's this farm. A, a Google car comes driving up with a camera on top of it, right? Mm. And so it's you know it's mapping the road, but but I thought the street. I thought a lot of people are, and I'm not saying you guys. I'm saying a lot of people are under the impression that that the Google Street View comes from the satellite shot, you know. <laughs> and it's really just a car driving around with a camera on top and it's filming everything. Yeah, because then they have they have the street view shot where you can go right in and zoom in and get all these different angles of the location that you chose on Google Maps. So that's probably also what they were doing. That people think it's from the satellite? Probably. Cause have you guys been following, like, the whole um, flat Earth and the Earth not being totally round stuff, too? I uh, have looked into it some, but not that much. I've got a post on Eric DeVay's site, and they erased all my shit. They haven't erased my last one. And Eric DeVay erased my shit on the YouTube videos. Like, he did a uh, satellite that didn't exist, and I was like, fucking course it don't exist. Or nukes don't exist. And I wrote, uh, I did a comment, of course they don't exist. So check out the nukes thread on these You guys would also believe that, um, Six million Jews or a million Jews didn't even die in Holocaust, right? Uh, if you look at what's presented as like what they what they supposedly you know used as the death camps and all that, it doesn't it doesn't you can't reconcile it with uh, reality as far as you know that it, even being logistically possible. And then you know, that's not, if to you, say that, that's not to say that Jews didn't die, though. 
No, you can't. Well, I don't know. I wasn't there. I can say that, but uh, I, I, you know, when you see the when when you see the piles of dead corpses being shoveled into pits and stuff like that, I, I think that's real. You know, I mean, I think a lot of people died from, uh, uh, you know, uh, what, what, what was it? Uh, typhoid. Typhoid. And I don't know how sure those people are that died. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, we don't, yeah, we don't know that, that's for sure. Yeah, and, uh, what are the exact just, statistics? I don't know. I was just checking out this uh, military site with you again. And we're talking about Harvey's daughters, right? Babe and the one that's married to Whitney and all. Well, I, I first came into contact with this dude because I was looking at John Hawkins. That's, that's where they invented American medicine, dude. This uh, dude's scrolling keys and yeah, of course. And uh, he, uh, Pen- well, he's no dead, of course. World War One, actually. And uh, he treated Lieutenant Edward Revere. <laughs> you like that little name, Edward Revere? He's probably related to your fucking job. Edward Revere also, who was fairly wounded during the Third Battle of Ukraine. Lieutenant also was the son of Sir William Olsen. Who the fuck is William, Sir William Oster? Holy shit. Sir William Oster, one of the four founding professors of John Hopkins. And he's the father of the modern medicine. That's his Vicky. And guess what? Yeah, you won't believe this. Well, well, of course, he was Royal Navy and all that shit. And he was, oh, he turned down, he turned down an invite to be on the HMS Beagle. What do you know? Because he wanted to be a minister in the Church of England. You know, I'm not even go into that. But uh, Harvey, Harvey's famous for being the inventor of neural, neurosurgery, but he also won a Pulitzer Prize. You know what he got his Pulitzer Prize for? He got his Pulitzer Prize for biography of William Olson. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's funny. That's right on Wiki, goddammit. I just discovered that while I was on the phone with you. That's how easy it is. And no one does it. Well, you guys do it. But people I talk to in the street think I'm fucking nuts. Or in the club. We are bound to classify you as unmutual. That's correct. You know where, um, you know where your buddy Nelson uh, Rockefeller got his name from? Mm-mm. Got it from Nelson, Nelson. Aldrich. He got, got it from Nelson Aldrich. Okay, and Nelson Aldrich was his granddaddy. Oh. Okay. And Nelson Aldrich was oh Abby Rockefeller. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Abby Abby Rockefeller was uh, was Nelson Aldrich's uh, uh, daughter, and he was uh, he was a Republican. Yeah, he he was like the head of the Republican Party or something like that at one time. And um, Rhode Island. And see, he was the guy who. Introduced um, 
he was the guy who um, helped introduce the Federal Reserve. Yeah. <laughs> so think about that. The guy who was known, who was David Rockefeller's grandpa helped introduce the Federal Reserve Act. You mean see his book? That's funny. Books. Old Money, The Mythology of Wealth in America. <laughs> Dang, that's just a myth right there. There wouldn't be, that's, that's not like a conflict of interest or anything, right? No. Because it hasn't... Highly... <laughs> Nelson Rock, Nelson's Nelson's middle name is Aldrich, so it's yeah. Nelson Aldrich Rockefeller. So he's actually named for his grandfather, who was the head of the Republican Party one time, who helped put in the Federal Reserve System. Then his grandson goes on to be vice president under Gerald Ford, and um. His son goes on, or uh, his other grandson goes on to be the head of Chase Bank. Wait a uh, second, he can't be in charge. He's not Jewish. Wait, he's <laughs> You're lying. He's not Jewish, bro. Crypto Jew. <laughs> crypto, yeah. Rock of, yeah. That's why you're here, right? Well, he's a rock no, he's crypto Jew. Yeah, it's. No, well, no, go ahead. No, I was going to say it's it's actually uh, it's actually remember that he said that um, that the Roosevelts were crypto Jews because their real name is Rosenfeld. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eisenhower is kind of German too. Nixon's kind of German too. They're probably cryptos. Oh, everybody thinks Eisenhower's Jewish. I think he is actually really is is like is is like. Pinky toes Jewish or something, so everybody makes a big deal over it. Made a big deal he, about it. He likes to sell the fish. I heard the weirdest name shit I've ever come across is uh, you know uh, Charles Darwin, right? And his cousin they 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 shared a grandpa Erasmus Darwin. He was uh, a lunatic. He was in the Lunar Society and all that bullshit. Jason Priestley, the founder, one of the founder of the Unitarian Church, and apparently he found Jason, oxygen. Jason, Jason Priestley from nine hundred two one zero. You know, from uh, <laughs> from England, whatever they're fucking. He was around before they had zip codes. They, we weren't farmed that well yet. They didn't have zip yeah. codes. But uh, uh, Francis had a brother. His name was Darwin Dalton. <laughs> and I, the only way I found this out is because I was, literally, his name is Cyril Burt. He's a, he's a, he's one of Dalton's, uh, you know, followers or whatever, with the IQ test and psychometrics, all that bullshit. And, uh, and if you read his shit, Cyril, when he was a little kid, he used to accompany his his father, who was a you know, Cyril gave us the uh, 
the rarity of IQ. He's a twin study guy, I think, one of them. But uh, he was, you know, and all those stuff. Actually, that's a bullshit. He's just one of them. Yeah, but he was, uh, he accompanied his dad. He was a doctor, and he met, he met Darwin Galt. And his dad was working with his doctor. I was like, wait a second. This dude's name is Darwin fucking Dalton. <laughs> yeah. That's keeping it that's keeping it real in the family right there. Wow. That's weird. <laughs> well, hey. I'm crazy. There's nothing to it. I'm sorry to make it out now tomorrow. Chris, when 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 you when you have some children you should name your children. Huxley Kendall. That's not a bad name. <clears throat> Huxley. Yeah. Huck, Huxley. Come here, Huxley. <laughs> Darwin. Two kids, Huxley and Darwin. Kendall. Huxley <laughs> used to have twins, Huxley and Darwin. Man, that's nice. Get to work, man. That's a good yeah, idea. Probably already somebody out there named that. You think so? Yeah, yeah probably. probably. <laughs> Some somebody fucked in London. Yeah, it's funny too when, when when these people uh, get intermarried to, like they keep all their names. And like um, I think uh, Al Gore's daughter is married to, uh, like the grandson of Andrew Mellon, right? Uh huh. So the Gores and the, and the Mellon banking family are intermarried now, right? But but she kept her last name, so it's Gore Mellon. Gore Mellon. And then then, then you'll see you'll see other ones like uh, the best one we've talked about her before is a uh, is a uh, Pamela Digby Churchill Hayward Harriman. <laughs> She was she was married to all the like all those she was married to um to uh Winston Churchill's son, then she was married to the movie director Leland Hayward, then she was married to Avril Harriman. Yeah, and because she, of what the people were just talking about. And right. then and then she um and then she, she she kept her original name Digby because Digby is actually an aristocratic feudal uh, name from old from old England that goes back to uh, uh, what's the dude's name who was uh, I can't remember the guy from Elizabeth the first the guy who would go out and do her bidding on the ships I can't remember that guy's name you know, the rumor is that the eugenic society is really on they couldn't get any money, goddammit. it. I'm America. You want some more connections? Uh, Davenport, Charles Davenport and Harry Lawson were looking for money, so to start the eugenics record office, they had to get support from Mrs. E. H. Harriman. You want to read some of uh, <laughs> Avril Harriman's bio? 
says his, yeah. his first marriage some two years out of Yale was to Kitty Lanier Lawrence, with whom he had two daughters, one of whom was Kathleen Lanier Harriman, 1917 to 2011. He divorced her in 1928, and about a year later, he married Marie Norton Whitney, who had left her husband Cornelius Vanderbilt Whitney <laughs> to marry Vanderbilt him. Whitney, right? <laughs> yeah. They remained married until her death in 1970. Kitty Lawrence Harriman died in 1936. His third and final marriage was to Pamela Barrow Digby Churchill, Hayward, the former wife of Winston Churchill's son Randolph, and the widow of Broadway producer Leyland Hayward. Uh, yeah. And then. Uh, <laughs> Leland, and then, then get this Leland Hayward's daughter, Brooke, was married to Dennis Hopper, and Dennis Hopper's dad was a CIA operative who helped him out get into power. <laughs> wow. Oh, hey, have you ever heard of, uh, oh, I forgot his name already. Who is Hugh Everett's kid, the, the multi-universes guy? I said it earlier. William Luther Pierce? He Not him. him. The other guy. Maybe, maybe. Have you ever heard of Mark Oliver Everett? No. Uh, no, I have not. No. He's, uh, he's, he's the son of the guy who invented, who who wrote his, his college, his uh, PhD thesis on the multi University. Where the wave function, where the size symbol does not collapse. That's all that is. Schrodinger's wave function collapsed. The size symbol, you know, the shit on the World Trade Center and, uh, you know, uh, Plaza. Well, he, his son is Mark Oliver Everett. He's American lead singer, songwriter, guitar, keyboardist, and sometime drummer of the independent rock band Eels. You, uh, let me see if they do his movies and shit. He's had songs in the music. American Beauty on soundtracks. He's a fucking song in the films. Road Trip, Dr. Seuss, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, Holes, Shrek, Shrek 2, Shrek the Third, Shrek the Hulk, Hellboy 2, Hot Fuzz, and yes, man. That's a. Oh, let me see, Conway, that's cute. Hmm. You, know, you, know, you know who that band, The Strokes, is? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, oh right, wait, I missed the, I, I, I missed the, I, I can't believe I didn't mention this early. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking about. Remember you said Gore earlier? Yeah. His, his cousin, this is Mark's cousin, Everett. Well, I should mention before this, Hugh's second. Hugh the third was the guy who, he's the guy who gave us the multi-universe shit and Stephen Hawking ran with it. That's the uncollapsible wave function. Uh... Hugh wrote that shit in college. He never worked for a university after that. He went straight military. He did war games. He uh, did strategic planning for uh, you know, the Berkeley guy, uh, the bomber, McNamara, for Vietnam. That was his fucking job. Well, his son was this rock band dude. And guess what? His fucking, uh, I guess this would be his niece. It's sad. Prepare yourself. His niece, Jennifer Lewis, Nay Gore, 
<laughs> Where have I heard that word before? Was a flight attendant on the plane that struck the Pentagon during September 11, 2009. <laughs> the plane struck the side of the Pentagon where, where her uh, uncle had worked in Everett E. Marks in his autobiography that he wanted when his plane hit his father's old office. <laughs> This is on Wiki. It's not hard to look up, people. Star-studded plane rides. They're they're hilarious. No, how about this one? Okay, there's a band called The Strokes. Okay, they became popular circa 2000, somewhere around there. Okay? Go, you could go look up, look, look up the, every member of the band is, and these guys became immensely popular. Honestly, they really when they when they first started, they couldn't even play their instruments. Like they, they could barely play. I doubt they wrote their songs. Oh, they're coming off in October. And it, just just look at their backgrounds. These these are literal like like elite kids. It, it's it's pretty wild. Came to New York University's Tisch School of Arts. Fucking RCA, there it goes RCA again. <laughs> they released the baby album on RCA. That's Bill and Babes. That's Bill and Babes fucking label. Yeah, well, check this out. The lead singer, he went to a Swiss boarding school, and it, it even says in his bio, he went to a Swiss boarding school with the children of billionaires, right? And um, then, like, every other guy in the band has some sort of uppity prep school boarding school type thing and I'm like thinking to myself okay I wonder how they got popular mm-hmm. you, can, you know what you can you can print popularity like just the same way you print goddamn money thank shit. you just put it out there media is the message dollar, dollar dollar bills you throw dollar bills in front of somebody, they go crazy. You throw some goddamn bullshit on TV or something, they go crazy. It's easy. You don't have to think. You just, Ooh, I can do shit. This is fun. It's... Look, imagine what you could do with a Blake checkbook. You can get people to jump off the goddamn nearest bridge in 15 minutes. You just gotta, all you gotta do is give them a good story. Good enough story, people will do whatever the fuck you tell them. You add some music to it, you'll be a hero. I agree. All you gotta do is quit. We, we suck it up. I, I still do it. I, I, like, when, like, occasionally I will be forced to watch Netflix movies. And sometimes I will find myself like actually getting emotionally involved in the movie. I have to tell myself, wait, there's a film crew standing around this motherfucker and he's telling stories. You know what I'm saying? When I, and I, when I, I shake myself out of it, I still have to do that, but I'm aware of what's happening to me. They are crawling in my fucking head. They're downloading. They're literally programming my ass with emotions. We can't fight emotions. We think we can fight emotions. 
I can't fight emotions because if I still, no. if no, I, 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 I still, well, yeah, I, I was I was gonna I was gonna concur with you because I mean I haven't watched the movies in over almost a year and a half now, and um, one of the reasons I wanted to experiment with it was because of just that it was like it was like what you're seeing, even though you're watching it and you're thinking to yourself, okay, I'm going to analyze this film for its content, you know, having to do with whatever stupid symbolism is involved with it or, or, you know, whatever, right? The problem is, is, is once you've opened up your mind to it, you, you can't, um, it's like stepping into a whirlpool, you know? Yeah, that's what the media is, the message is. I don't think we're built to fucking watch images of we think that shit is real. We think we can reach out and touch it. And then they put perverted fucking... Just watching people get slaughtered. Imagine if someone walked up and blew someone's fucking... Well, I don't have to imagine that. Just imagine someone got murdered in front of your ass. Fucking straight up murdered. It ain't fun. It's not entertaining. You don't ever want to see it again. Ever. But no, we watched that shit. We watched a thousand people get murdered and turn on their next fucking movie. That is a sick yeah, but you you would know about that. Yeah, like uh just pick a did, famous did, person that's talk, Sean? Hmm? I said didn't I said you would know about that, didn't you get shot? Yes, I've been shot. I've had people try to kill my ass. Yeah. I've had people try to rob me and I was young and stupid, I said you it when I, I would rather fight and get robbed and you end up getting shot <laughs> if you can whoop them. and it happens I've had I've been I've been shot once I have a bullet still in me they didn't take it out they didn't have insurance I've been shot at a number of times I've been people tried to rob me a number of times because I've been in stupid places I shouldn't have been when I was young when I was like 17 that thousand badass. But yeah, it ain't. But I've seen some. Yes, people do get fucking murdered. People get their ass beat in. I'm my. Wasn't my one of my best friends died in a goddamn fight in a fucking strip club. Hit his head in the fucking brawl. You see that? It ain't fucking cool no more. Like, oh, let's get in a fight. No, someone's gonna die. Might die. But no, you turn it on. You turn on that goddamn IFC fighting shit, UFC fighting shit, whatever. That's cool. Yeah, hey. Yeah, I suggest just getting rid of fucking TVs. The violence is fucking absurd. The ideas they give you are fucking absurd. All fucking absurd. If you're that bored, just fucking think. Try it for a minute. You might do it for another minute. Why? It's, there's no reason to turn on a goddamn tube and let someone tell you what you should be interested in. That's my thing. That's why I can't go back to TV, because I want to be in control. Like, wait a second. I can do this all day. I can sit on goddamn... <laughs> until they take fucking wiki away and the internet away. I'm going to sit here all day and connect the dots. I don't even have to tell anybody. I just do it for my own good. It makes me feel good. To know, like, look, 
I know I'm getting fucked, but at least I know who's fucking me. I don't know why they're fucking me, but I know who's fucking me. I know they're hustling. I don't have to deal with it. I do what I have to do, and I don't have any fucking worries beside that. As long as I have you know, you know, you know, you're going all about this wrong, Sean. I just want to say this before I before I get off the phone, Sean. If you just claim your sovereign entityhood and present your and present your piece of paper to uh, you know to the lawman. Yeah. Well, I went I mean, three years of law I mean, school. I passed the fucking I mean, bar in well, Florida. And I practiced for three years, and I've never seen one of those papers. Yeah, and on top of that, you know, because you're half white, so at least the white half of you can claim back the land that once belonged to the white people who should be in control of everything, right? But only half of me can, and I don't feel like cutting me in half. That would destroy all the. What's the point of owning land when you got to cut yourself in half, bro? Hey, work for Solomon. There's a, oh, that's another thing, like the whole race shit. Like my dad, you see, my, he's my dad's regular black dude. He's darker than he's a kid. But last year, last Christmas, his sister, my aunt, she was going through some old photos, and she had a. It, I think it's their great aunt. There's a picture of my dad. He was three years old, so he was probably like 1950. And there's this pure white fucking lady holding his hand, standing in front of my, uh, what I know is my grandmother's house now, or the, what you, like the land that's on my grandmother's house. And I was like, who's this white lady? He's like, that is my, uh, my great aunt or either something like that. Like, this whole race shit, it's so mixed up. Supposedly, the story is, he was, uh, I don't know, the son of a, the daughter of a slave or whatever. She is white. She had straight, long, fucking white hair and was white. That was my dad's great aunt. So she, and she looked to be like 80 or something. This is 1950. She was white. And she's very related. One generation off. And then you look at me, I'm white as shit. I'm, uh, I'm as pale as Steph Curry. Taylor. Like, Jason Kidd pale. I have blue fucking eyes. But I got a brother who's brown. <laughs> Like the racial shit, I don't know how it works. And you identify as you, you identify as being black, or you identify as being oh, well, white. Like, I have like to. People. I have to. Well, if, if you if you know I'm black, I'm black. You know what I'm but as soon as you tell someone like I'm black, you know you're black. I mean, I mean, do you like, look? Do you look. I don't have to. I don't have to. Or... Well, that's... I did. My mom. My mom died when I was little. She died when I was. Yeah, yeah. So it's just, yeah, my dad raised me and his family raised me. So yeah, I grew up black, country ass black. <laughs> black as shit. But I'm pale with blue eyes. Well, I mean, people, I mean, do you look black? 
because that's what's important. Yeah, right? typically, I just pale. I mean, just Jason. Uh, well, generally, it's black people know I'm mixed. White people don't. Some white people do. I would say 20%, maybe 10% of white people do. White people and think you're white? Sometimes. Well, some of them do. Like, but just, like uh, I don't know. Some, yeah. Some white people can be racist, and you, you find out what they're, but they're not trying to be racist. Yeah, I don't know. You can just like there's people like there's a uh, a white girl. She she was drunk as hell, talking shit, and she lived by the, some people I, I knew when I was over there, and drunk and hitting on me and stuff. And she's like, "Oh yeah," and I heard her talking to other people. Oh yeah. And look at his monkey ass body and shit like that. Like she was literally calling me a monkey. And then she came up and what is your racial background or you know, shit like that. I think she could tell, you know, but she's getting racial and shit about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, have you looked at uh celebrities who are black and then are identified as, I mean, they look white, or maybe even vice versa. Yeah, that, that's nice. the thing about it. It's like thing. how how much? Because I'm pretty sure I have. I think my somewhere like my great grandparents, something like that. Uh, there's a black intermarriage somewhere. I don't know exactly where. I was told I was told that, and then I didn't get any details on it but uh how much black can you have to identify as black that's what i'm wondering like an eighth I don't know. a half I don't know. a quarter i'm much past it i'm past the uh, identifying to get the only stuff with being african i don't I, I'm, I think black people live along like fucking anything that ain't fucking snowing all the time i think there's black people living on the coast everywhere all over the fucking planet. I'm not. I don't believe in this whole fucking slavery from Africa and shit. I, and I, I don't. I don't feel. I don't feel. My body doesn't feel like it's ever been in Africa. I have no. You know. It's, I don't believe in these stories they tell us. Like, how the fuck do I know how long black people have been here? You know what I'm saying? I don't feel African. I don't. I feel like someone who grew up in the eastern part of this continent. I don't like to call it the east of the United States. And I just, I grew up in this general landmass. This is the farthest west I've ever been in Texas. You know, I'm in the eastern half of this fucking landmass. Wherever the fuck it is, we're on. That's what I identify with. I don't identify with being African, half African, all that. Whatever. I don't give a fuck. Because the black people, in my family, our country's fuck country. More country than the fucking white people, you know. Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the black part of my family is the hillbillies, Lynchburg, Virginia, Amherst County type shit. And the white, the white part is New Jersey, you know. So I don't. It doesn't be the. It doesn't fit into the regular narrative. So I've never had that feeling of being, having to make that decision. People will make it for you, you know, but I really don't give a fuck. 
<laughs> I really don't. Like, I don't know what happens after I die. I don't know what happened before I was born. I don't know what races are. I don't... I don't believe in Atlantis and all that fucking bullshit. And I don't... Yes, I don't... No one knows what races are. It's just... Oh, it's nonsense. It's, it's what the fuck ever. And we're not gonna lose the culture. What is a fucking culture? The culture is the shit you see on TV, fuck. Like the race, you see, oh, the white, you gotta save the white. Yeah, whatever, dude. What you, what the fuck are you saving? What the fuck are you saving? A bunch of mess? A bunch of fucking yeah. mess? Yeah, it's yeah, like, so uh, like we want to restore the Republic or something like that. It's kind of all yeah. the it's same thing. Good, right? Mythology. So and, people uh, weren't lying to each other, right? Yeah, the good old days. <laughs> yeah, back when everything was on the uh, on the up and up, and uh, it was all all you know honest and good and righteous, and everything kind of worked like it was supposed to. And then, what did the Jews get in there and get us all off track? Nasty Jews, fuck those motherfuckers. They invented race. There you go. Yeah. I don't be. I don't. I, I don't worry about it. I did when I was younger. I don't care anymore. It's stupid. It's getting stupid. People. Well, are, what is it based on, though? I mean, it, if you have any kind of mixed mixing in there, then you're not a so-called what quote-unquote pure race. But then, how do you make that determination? And then, what do you base it on? And then, how do you have proof unless you're tracing your lineage back and you have some ironclad verification of what exactly your lineage lineage is? And then you can verify for certainty that you don't have any kind of racial mixing going on in your past. And then you're a true bloodline of what exactly? How do you make that determination? And then. What are the what are those exact distinctions that put you in a specific racial category? I mean, can anybody quantify any of that stuff and make it plausible sounding? I've never heard anybody even kind of address any of those points, and I never heard anybody like actually say that you know, oh yeah, I'm I'm a uh, German and uh, I'm pure German. And I've had a blood test and, a, and DNA confirmation that I'm pure 100% uh, German ancestry. Yeah. It's like, no, nah, never. you never hear that. So, like, when you're talking about Jews, because people like to talk about Jews a lot, like, what exactly are they talking about, you know, because you'll hear different things from different people. And then, you know, okay, is, is it a bloodline specifically or is it a, or is it a belief system? Or what exactly is it? I mean, is there anything really um, objective? Is there any objective standard you can take and you can apply to somebody to categorize them unquestionably as a Jew? Because if not, then what what exactly are you talking about? An ideology? Because there's a lot of ideologies. And, and just like we was talking about, it's like the Jew and the Talmud and, the, and the, those beliefs are totally, I mean... Yeah, they have a very elitist, very, uh, um, I mean, really uh, talking, talking. Someone's not, basically the Talmud is if someone's not like you, not related to you, they deserve to die, and you deserve to treat them like shit. 
Yeah, um, pretty much. Basically, that's a lot of that fucking, comes across you know, there. Like, which is, if you're a decent fucking person, if you've been raised right and you read that shit, you're going to think, that's fucking insane. And, hey, I need to go and fucking... But I don't know fucking your average Jew reads is fucking that way. But, I know, you know, it's there to be, like, uh, piss us off. Well, yeah, it's just like the average, the average Christian doesn't like, read but, the Bible, and then the average Buddhist probably doesn't know anything about what their religion is or anything. It's like it's fairly common. It's it's just it's just like America and being an American. It's like well, you know, people will go out this past weekend to celebrate the Fourth of July, and they don't even know what the official story is, let alone what might be some alternative explanations of what happened on 1776 or whatever whatever date that was or whatever did happen there i don't know i wasn't there but um i'm sure it wasn't like we told we're told and then you know did we go on did we go out from the uh, british empire and become something separate and distinct and then independent actually independent of the british empire there's no proof of that there's no evidence of that there's nothing real uh, concrete evidence that That's we ever it's all mythology it's all it's all fairy tales it's stories and there's yeah, like nothing to back it up there's nothing like you can really uh, hinge anything on as far as that as that goes and it's like well yeah what do you do you believe these stories because it you don't have any confirmation other than what you were told in school right or wherever you were taught it and but you know people people believe in it and then they'll go and off to war and fight and die for something that's just some abstract concept that they never got any kind of verification for and it's like well that's that's what keeps so-called civilization together it's all these myths and these stories and like race is a big one you know it's 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 kind of this way, a way to you know maintain a divide and conquer and at the same time make all this lip service to like oh everybody needs to you know not be racist and not be uh, prejudiced or you know they need to be all inclusive and then at the same time they're promoting racism and 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 all this divide and conquer at the same time it's 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 ridiculous yeah but yeah it's probably what you were talking about with uh, you know the, it, the whole idea like you're talking about before is to create a uh, uh, cognitive dissonance I guess they call it where it's you know constantly keeping you off yeah. your balance and then I think that's what's dude, that's what uh, it's mainly about. The dude who taught that literally taught us to say fucking genetic. Well what it, what the hell are people talking about when they talk about that anyway? Do they even know? It's like no, not really. I mean his son his son is named Gregory Bates. He's married to Margaret Mead for a couple daughters that are in the fucking eugenics this year. Whatever. But his, well, his son, he was in Esalon out there out west. He worked at the, uh, uh, at a mental hospital for fucking soldiers and shit. And he, he, uh. that's where he came up, where he came up with this theory of the double bind. Dysphogenesis. The double bind is schizophrenia. They give you two different stories that don't resolve themselves, and you go fucking crazy. The double that's bind, yeah. Kid. That's his. That's fucking Greg Gore. His dad, mm -hmm. William Bateson, 
He's a dude who taught us to say genetics because he was the English interpreter of fucking the goddamn Franciscan priest, Gregor Mendel. He named his son Gregory Bateson, the dude who's one of the founders of cybernetics, one of the founders of the CIA, all that shit. He's the fucking godfather of the NLA, NLP fucking neurolinguistic program. He's literally the people found that shit called him the fucking godfather. He was at Esalon, he was at fucking Veterans Hospital and fucking wherever the fuck it was where he developed the double bind of schismogenesis. Fucking good with that shit. The schismogenesis is where you go, there's so much bullshit you can't believe anything and you go crazy. That's where he basically fucking son came up, came up with that shit. His fucking son. Yeah, what is the double bind? The double bind is an emotionally distressing dilemma in communication in which an individual or group receives two or more conflicting messages and one message negates the other. This creates a situation in which a successful response to one message results in a failed response to the other and vice versa, so that the person will automatically be wrong regardless of response. The double bind occurs when the person cannot confront the inherent dilemma and therefore can neither resolve it nor opt out of the situation. The double bind theory is first described by Gregory Bateson and his colleagues in the 1950s. The double bind is when you find out your parents lied to you about fucking Christmas. <laughs> that's the double fucking bind. And that's the basic part of our life. That's what controls our fucking life. Well, that Not is something that people... That's something that people will do as a tradition, right? As something that's part of our so-called culture and that it's something that's carried down to generation to generation oh the whole santa claus myth yeah teach your children about santa claus and it's all cute and it's all funny and then they find out later that it was all complete bullshit and yeah that does something to you psychologically they teach your kids that a big fat fucker came down the smallest entry into your house is there a smaller fucking place to come into your house than the fucking chimney Everything about Christmas is fucked up. Everything. Take take uh, the child I over hate, to you know, the I fireplace and have them. I hate Beatles music too. So yeah, grand salt, grand salt. You hate the Beatles? I'm not your average Joe. I hate the Beatles. The Beatles remind me of Christmas music. Damn Christmas music. Well, you're black too, so you can't really love the Beatles <laughs> like a white man can. Beat them to that. I like all kinds of music. I don't care what it is. If it's whatever, I don't care. If it's like if it appeals to me, I like it. If I want to get my Tavistock shit, I get the uh, I go with my uh, Brazilian shit before I go with the Beatles shit. Brazil had their own Beatles shit going on, their own Tavistock bullshit. I like that. That I just can't stand their music. It's fucking. I, I don't like it. I think it's been played out, uh, for one thing, but, you know, that's my opinion. But how, how many times can you play a, a effing song before it's played out? Is there any such yeah, a concept as played out? How many times can you play a song before it's a fucking psyop? Before it's psychic driving, right? It's psychic driving. It's like, you know, with the pop music now, It's you notice how on the radio you have a top ten hit, and they'll play that. They'll play that song relentlessly until 
um, it's it's you know, and then they did that in Guantanamo Bay, right? Or that's what they said they would take the uh, the suspected Al Qaeda or whatever. They lock them up in a shipping container and play uh, like Barney uh, or um, what is it, Matchbox Twenty or something something like that, and 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 re- and, re- and just play it on repeat over and over and over. It's like I don't I don't think it's so much the the, the nature particularly of so much about the music it's just the 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 psychic driving end of it where it's it you know you either are taking it into your conscious willing or whatever there or you or you don't care too much for it but you're being relentlessly subjected to it and that's and, and the repetitive nature of it is what is what really drives somebody over the edge it's just that uh yeah, it, but that is done. Well, you think about it, okay, oh, we're being told that uh, that's a torture methodology and stuff like that. And I remember it was on the news. I was just watching something uh, not too long ago about it. And then, you know, they reported on the Good Morning America or whatever, and they have a good chuckle. Oh, yeah, Barney is a uh, torture and uh, and all this other stuff, you know. like, uh, and, and it's like, well, no, in, in your so-called culture, that's what's being done to people on a widespread basis. I mean, this this repetitive, it goes in high rotation on these uh, uh, top forty radio stations. And yeah, I remember this like when I worked uh, when I was in the Navy. I worked at warehouses and shit, and you know, people were bringing their own little boom boxes and stuff to work, and they're playing shit. And it's it's like, well, why does everybody listen to this fucking ridiculous top forty? bullshit but it's like yeah there'd be several people around the work center that's playing the same damn station which is like the the pop music station and it would be the same damn song like every like okay i go there to the back and i to get a part or something like that and then it's the same damn song it's like okay i was here uh 20 minutes ago the song is not still playing they they, they started playing it again and they're playing it every like 15 every 15 20 minutes it's ridiculous, and it's like, okay, I'm getting fucking so sick of this song. I'm getting so sick of hearing it, and I'm not even being exposed to it. And there's people subjecting themselves to it all day long, every day for for you know weeks on end until the song gets completely played out. And it's like, what, what, what is that other than the self-inflicted psychic driving uh, um, technique? And then it's like, what, what are the messages in these in this music too? And and and, and you listen to them and it's like yeah it's something something um usually dealing with some subject matter that would be classified as dysfunctional as far as like a relationship level or something like that it's like yes it's, it's, it's and uh yeah that's that's uh, a big part of our culture is is to take a song it becomes popular and then you just beat that song to death man and you play it over and over and over until nobody can stand it anymore i guess and they move on to the next one i, I don't know but yeah it's uh yeah, it, it stops it stops being a song and it turns into instruction yeah it's, it's like a uh, to make you arrive at a set of emotions it's like a it's like a it becomes well, that's what you do in transcendental meditation, right? You pick a mantra, and you repeat it over and over and over to the point where the words lose their meaning, and then you go into a meditative state, like a disassociative state, and then um, you're highly open to suggestibility, 
and that sort of thing. That's why I think that's pushed in a lot, especially like in the you know some of the Eastern cultures where they have that caste system and all that. It's it's it's, it's heavily pushed. Don't get me fucking started on that shit. Yeah, and then we went into that with Burning? that Z- Have you heard of fucking cousins? I put that in the chat your last show. Uh, no, what is that again? I probably missed mm. it. Let me look them up. I've been drinking. A meal. Yeah, so it, it is. Uh... Okay. Yeah, keep going. i got to look them up. i got to figure out how to spell it in <laughs> but they, yeah, and then, uh, oh yeah, the Beatles, and then they came out of uh, Ordo- Adorno, Theodore Adorno from Tavistock. And then, like, what, you. Well, you know, what's the deal with Tavistock? Like, if you, you know, you look up, even, you know, like what you were talking about earlier, Sean, where it's like, oh yeah, you just looked this shit up on Wikipedia. Well, like, you look up Tavistock on Wikipedia, and it's talking about. Oh, yeah, one of their main goals is the application of psychology to public relations. It's like, okay, what? so you're talking about fucking propaganda. I mean, but you're just not calling it propaganda. And, 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 and we know, what's the symbol for psychology? The symbol the for psychology? The, the, the wave function. The wave the function. The psi symbol. The same symbol for Neptune. It's the same symbol for do, the same theory plasma. It's the fucking nano. Yeah, uh, did you hear me talking about that? It's the wave function. It's the same symbol. Did you hear me talking? The symbol is the size symbol. Did you hear me talking about that on uh, one of the calls? I think it might have been with uh, Jay Dyer. We went into that. I went into that a little bit because I ran across some stuff that that went into that. I don't think people get that. You got to like film the picture. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the trident. The, the trident yeah, is the symbol of Neptune, right? And uh, yep, that's the that, you see that at the base of the towers, the three pronged where it where it goes into. Th- yeah, it's, 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 it's a, actually it's at the top, like the well, it's at the base too, but I think they're at the top. So when I think it's it, more it pronounced down, at the base. When it fell down, they had that picture of a couple of them standing, and then they made turn that into a monument across the river, across the Hudson in Jersey. Yeah, it's also in the and museum then, too. Yeah, and then you go to Dealey Plaza, and that's fucking literally the fucking size symbol. The size symbol is literally the wave function. That's Schrodinger's symbol for the wave function. Uh, so it's the wave function, the but what does that mean? I mean, what is that related to? Wave fu- the wave function doesn't mean anything. Wave function is completely made up bullshit. Yeah, the and then you see, like you're saying, hustle. that's that's the peace symbol, and that's also the symbol of the. Uh, or the National Alliance, or what, uh, we talked about that guy. Uh, uh, William Pierce, yeah. Yeah, William, William Pierce. And he's got that as his logo, the National Alliance. And then that was also at the, the anti-nuke rallies, and it's the peace symbol. And if you invert you it, turn it upside down. <laughs> if you turn it upside yeah. down, that's the no-nuke symbol. That's the peace symbol. The peace symbol is no-nuke symbol. That's what that is. Some yeah, it's also made that shit for fucking what's his name, and that's nice. the uh, trident, right? Yep, it's the same shit. They, it's the all s- bullshit. They know if you pay attention. That's the thing. If you're if you, 
if you're not emotionally involved, well, you don't what is to lose? You can fucking decipher this shit. What is the god? Ever... Well, that's what I went into. Like, what is the god Neptune associated with? The waters. The waters, and then in in psychology, it's the the subconscious mind is the the under the underwater realm, which uh, mm-hmm. Neptune is the god of the uh, uh, underwater realm, which is uh, symbolic of the subconscious mind. And uh, yeah. yeah, we're talking about that uh, before. I brought that up a lot, where it's, um, talisman and symbols and all that. And, the, and this guy uh, Jose Barrera, we're gonna, me and John are gonna talk to him tomorrow, and he he goes into a lot of that. How everything in our culture and our society is based on magic, and um, you know you have Durac, ta- Durac. Paul Durac, Vigner, the, the cemetery uh, guy. His brother-in-law, the crazy yeah. stuff, he's supposed to be crazy. He, uh, he, uh, it's, it's called the Dirac Seat. Uh, he's the baseline. I see there's a furnace seat. It's a baseline, like, it's like the baseline for part of the physics thing. Uh, shit don't like to go that low. Literally, there's a fucking analogy to the sea. And the Dirac's are crazy. Is he took, he took Schrodinger's size symbol and he transferred it to uh, Einstein's special relativity. He made an equation. And that equation that he made that tied in Schrodinger to fucking Einstein is in the uh, fucking, uh, which is a fucking, the world church at fucking in England, whatever. Literally, he has a fucking, he's buried in that fucking main church, whatever it is. I remember tomorrow. Literally, he's in the fucking where they bury all the famous people in England. He has a fucking his the Dirac equation is in there, and the Dirac equation will keep you from drowning in the Dirac Sea, which reminds you of Neptune, right? Right. If you step back and just watch the hustle. It's fucking easy. These people aren't smart; they're just dicks. We're just stupid. Because our parents told us to believe in lies. And we will be rewarded. See, that's, I say shit like that and people want to fight me. <laughs> that's why I want to say shit. <laughs> yeah, well, people can't handle it. Yeah, but well, you see this stuff over and over. The 33... Actually, this is call 333, by the way. That's why I called in, actually. Actually, I, I, <laughs> I had to fucking call in at 333. <laughs> 333. Yeah. Yes, I noticed that, too. <laughs> and then Jess happened, just Sean happens to call in at 333. Yeah, Coincidence? Maybe. I don't know. Can't be, can be. And then, yeah, the Trident. And then you saw the Malaysian flight, uh, the one that disappeared, and then you look at the Malaysian Airlines logo, and it's a 33 sideways with the two tridents. Yeah. But it's all over the place, yeah. And and you see this repeated. But I want to know... Your your parents tell you to pay attention, but when you pay attention, you get punished. Yeah, you don't ask too many questions. I, I probably put two and two together when I was a kid. 
Like maybe I'm Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny. And I'm sure, I don't remember it, but I'm sure someone shot me down a couple times. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure I said, wait, what the, you know, Easter? Bunnies don't lay eggs. You know? That's designed to have you just be shot down like, hey, stop asking questions. <laughs> Take your goddamn eggs. You don't have yeah. to say that, but you're just, you're trained to that shit. It, it didn't, yeah, whatever. I just have a hard time buying in the bullshit. Well, then you end up being a uh, unmutual or a standout or uh, people don't want to hear it. People don't like talking about certain things. And then, uh, yeah, it's the whole herd mentality and stuff like that. Like, once it's established, it, it is pretty much set. And then there's not going to be too much... Too, too much departure from it because people naturally want to be included, and th- th- I think that's why the 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 public school, the the schooling and stuff is so important that you go to school. You know, like you need to go to school so you can yeah. learn not not math and arithmetic and uh, reading and all that so much. It's that um, it that it, you know it's it's important that you know that stuff, but it in the context of the larger framework of the uh, your uh, institutional conditioning that you're going to undergo and how to exist within a certain uh, framework. And then you get introduced to your teacher, and your teacher is like a total stranger, like your parents have never met this person before, you've never met this person before, and then all of a sudden it's that, um, oh, you need to listen to this person and this person's going to tell you stuff that's important for you to know. And then by implication, you don't have to tell your child this. They already know. They, uh, this is already understood through your actions and through what they're going through. Is that uh, these people are, you know, their opinions and what they say is more important I'm than worried. what your parents tell you. Because if your parents knew all this stuff, then they wouldn't be sending you to somebody else to learn. See, see what I mean? And then that's where you learn how to respect mm-hmm. authority and all that stuff. And it's like, well, that's, does that... That's does probably that... what went wrong with me. That's probably where I got all fucked up. And I can see shit, because... Yeah, but what is he is... I me to school. I could, I could read before I went to school. I went to this little tiny private school when we first moved to, work, to Ohio and for kindergarten. They skipped me. I could read. I could read good. I was reading magazines and shit. My mother taught me. I could read shit in Spanish. My mother taught me. Yeah. Yeah. And then like you can you can learn all that they, stuff they before you get me. I went fucking straight to fucking from kindergarten to first grade in a day. And I was reading. Shit like that. So I didn't have that. I didn't learn to read there. I didn't. Oh, well, you didn't have to. I don't know. I didn't. And then I don't feel like I've ever learned anything at a fucking school. Like, everything I supposedly learned in high school, I could learn in fucking eight hours right now, today. I started over. Yeah. Just, you know, just on myself. Just learning how to... You have to learn how to think by yourself. And the thing is, there can't be any emotion involved. There's no emotion in thinking. 
Let me tell you that shit in school. There's no emotion in thinking. If you have emotion, you're fucked. That's where you get hustled. Yeah, you have to detach emotionally from your, uh, yeah, a good book to to read on uh, some of this stuff is uh, Straight and Crooked Thinking. Have you ever read that book? Um, (laughs) Yeah, with this guy's name that wrote it. But yeah, it's easy to find on the internet. But yeah, it's one of the things that goes into it's like how you get caught up in like logical fallacies and all that. And one of the things is that, um, yeah, when you when you get into a discussion with somebody, you know, there people have this tendency to use you know a colored language that's emotionally charged and all that, and it's like, yeah, that's going to skew your thinking, and that's something yeah, that's really common, and and then that's how you run into people all the time. Well, it's really common in our culture and stuff. Where yeah, you got people who just who, who can't think, like they have no. They can re they they react to things. They don't they don't think you right. can tell like pure they're emotion. yeah it's pure, pure emotional emotion. emotionally driven um, yeah it's like yeah you put up a YouTube video or something and talk about some of the stuff we're talking about and then it's like yeah people's responses are oh yeah you're an idiot you're an asshole you're you know this and that and the other thing and it's like well yeah do you have any commentary about what's being discussed here can you form a rational argument of why this is not uh, uh, true as a, as far as like a uh, or, or or anything related to it or is it only just pure reactionary emotionalism and, and all that it's like that's 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 how people are trained though I mean that's how we're always yeah, always trained to react to shit and not and not to reason through anything or 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 uh, contemplate on it or anything like that it's just oh you dismiss it and then uh or attack it and uh you don't you don't approach anything from a uh, from a standpoint of reason it through and there's a lot of emphasis placed on um oh yeah yeah the you know you hear stuff about oh yeah the trivium or the logic or reason or right but really i i don't have a lot of use for a lot of that stuff other than you know in some instances yeah it's a really useful tool to kind of work through things and then you know uh, no logical fallacies but you have to understand why they are logical fallacies and what yeah. and what makes them a logical fallacy but I, I really I really do yeah I really do believe that it, it is uh, something, and it's, it's inherent within all of us. We all have the ability to reason and think and, and to work through things. And, you know, it used to be referred to as... IQ. We, yeah, we, we, are, we are trained to be stupid. Everybody has Every the ability to... is born to fucking know how to think. If you can yeah, breathe, you can fucking think. That makes yeah, you you're born. Yeah, you're born with the ability, it's, and then it's driven out of you. out of us. Yes. And that's what you used to be they referred to down as the common fucking sense. TV and they tell you that fucking Santa Claus is going to be here in a couple months or you're going to get a fucking toy. Yeah, I think like, that's well, fucking it, And then the Easter Bunny is going to come in and get some eggs from a fucking bunny. Yeah, you're getting eggs it's out of a bunny and then you got to go, what, find them in the grass and shit? It's like, why, you know, why is the... <laughs> Why is the bunny laying eggs all over the fucking yard? And then, like, what it, what's going on here? It's like you just go along with it. Yeah. And, uh, and that's, I, that's why I'm, don't I'm, I'm horrible at Christmas. I'm horrible at Christmas. I don't, I don't buy gifts. I mean, and I will go hang out with 
my family at Christmas. I don't get anyone gifts. Yeah, me either. They, it takes me, they will get me a gift. But my nephews don't get me gifts. They don't want them to get me gifts. But I will teach them how to do shit. I will get them shit, yes. I will teach them to do pull-ups. You know what I'm saying? I will teach them, hey, if you want to be a beast, I'm going to say I'll be a beast, dude. I teach them shit I wish someone would have taught me when I was there, you know? Yeah, Christmas spend time Christmas. with them and teach them something, and then, yeah, that's, that's oh, yeah. far more I valuable Christmas than... As an, I use Christmas to teach my nephew shit that I wish someone had taught me when I was there. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. That's all yeah. I use Christmas for. I don't tell them fucking myths about fucking that reindeers and goddamn fat fucks coming down the chimney. You tell them Santa Claus is a bullshit. I can't, you know, because... <laughs> They're not my kids, but hey, as soon as they figure it out, goddammit, I'm yeah. like, look, I was not in on that shit, and I will not lie to you about anything else, goddammit. That's on your parents. Yeah, if, <laughs> they, uh, if I get asked outright, I'm going to tell them the truth. I'm not going to I'm not gonna yeah. feed into that bullshit. But, uh, I haven't no, been I've asked never that, been so asked. even if they probably do, I, I, you know, I probably couldn't lie. They probably I wouldn't, tell, like, nah, nah. I wouldn't lie about it. I'd say, you know, that's, uh, yeah, it's actually not true. And if I get asked about it and they're question, asking questions, I'm going to tell them the truth. And then if, uh, yeah, their mom or dad comes back on me, I said, hey, what do you, what do you want me to do? I'm not going to lie about you it. Lie to them, man. Yeah. yeah. I was asked directly, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't offer the information. It's a, yeah. Actually, I haven't been asked directly, so if I do get asked, I probably wouldn't lie to you. No, I think it's I would not. That's gonna myself telling there's a goddamn fat fuck. <laughs> tell him what? And he gives everyone, he he went down everyone's chimney in the fucking world, even people who don't have chimneys. What if you don't have a chimney? How the fuck do you get in? It's just fucking amazing. It's nonsense. And everyone buys, everyone buys, every fucking kid in school at Santa's Secret Shop. They're all buying fucking shit. That shit is mind-blowing to me. It blows my fucking mind. Literally. I watch that shit, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I've got to be crazy. I've, I've got to be fucking nuts. Because this shit is not real. This shit, this shit... It's a story. If you wanted to make your kids happy, make them happy every fucking day. It's not that hard. Just be nice to them. Don't lie to them. Yeah, yeah. It's just a thing now where it, it is common to do that, and then it's somehow it's not. It's all in the spirit of fun, and it's all you yeah, know, it's happy and joy. Form, and right? Somehow, somehow it turns into being good to lie to your kid. Yeah, it's good somehow. for him to have these kind of fantasies that mm-hmm. are just you know based on myths and stories and uh it's you know it's fun and he it's lives on uh, the north fucking pole yeah it's it's funny we have a culture no there isn't a north fucking pole you know what i'm saying yeah. <laughs> it's, but i mean isn't it isn't it funny that we have this we have this culture of <laughs> go ahead oh, i'm not i'm not saying no oh, i just i mean we have a culture where we have recreational lying. Yeah. You know. We have lying that's good for your kids. It's good to lie to your kid about this. Yeah. Because they'll be happy and you give them bullshit. You fun give them wise. bullshit trinkets that they will enjoy instead of not knowing the truth. 
That is a good life lesson for your fucking kids. Don't be a dick and tell them there's no Santa Claus. That's literally the fucking, that's the narrative. That's the Christmas fucking narrative. And play the same fucking song over and over again every fucking year. Do that, please, for a month. Right. Right. That's fucking straight up mind control. <laughs> it's straight up fucking mind control. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. Psychic driving. I mean, sometimes and... when I hear Silent Night, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's a good time of year. But then I'm like, what the fuck? I'm being fucked. After about the 20th yeah. time you hear it, it's like, okay. It's wanted to be over. I fucking hate Christmas music, man. That's the one thing I hate more than fucking the Beatles. Can't stand that shit. I, I, I don't. I don't like the whole. Uh, yeah, I, I just don't like the whole over the top, you know, consumerism, and then the the, you know, it it, it is emotional blackmail is what you call it, where. You know, it's you, you feel this compulsion to buy something because, uh, you know, it's just it's something that is expected of you. And then to not do it, it'll be, oh, you're going to let somebody down. And there's this kind of these expectations yes. that are built up. And it's like, oh, well, you know, like how think much of, of this would be. Think about being a kid. You don't want to let your parents down. Yeah. Every kid goes through this. Like, I know my parents are lying to me. But, uh, yeah, yeah, if you want to allow it's, yourself to be manipulated it, like that. You that shit around seven or eight, right? Six or seven, whenever it is, right? Everyone feels that for a year or two, right? Hey, they're lying, but fuck, I'm going to score some shit, right? Let's just be happy. And then after that, it's cool, you know, depending if you have siblings that are younger, you have, you have to pretend for them for a minute, right? Right. And then, you, then you can be like, hey, it's just Christmas and let's just get drunk. But you got fucking, yeah, like fucking again, 15, 16 years of fucking swallowing lies and fucking working through that shit by yourself. It's going to take you into all types of crazy places because you're watching TV and cartoons and superheroes on top of that shit. You're fucking crazy as fuck. Then you got to deprogram yourself. If you're lucky, if you can reach the point where you don't give a fuck and you're like, hey, I want to see who I am. I don't give a fuck who they are. I don't give a fuck who this culture is or who this culture says I'm supposed to be. I am who the fuck I am. I'm made out of fucking good shit. I'm going to work through this shit. Yep, that's what you got to do, man. Yeah, getting toward the end of the call, I know that song. Man. I know that song. All right. That's uh, it's not the Beatles. I hate to disappoint you, Sean. I'd have hung up with the Beatles. <laughs> I didn't have any Beatles to play. Yeah, you ought to listen to um, Jim Betzer's podcast. Oh God, I used to fuck with Betzer. Yeah. You know why I say that though, right? Because it's uh, he plays Beatles every break. So it's every like... time, yeah. I fast forward every time too, yeah. <laughs> he plays the same fucking song every day. Yeah. Oh. That's how you know he's fucking amazing, intelligent. He's retarded, right? He can listen... If you can listen to that shit every day, you're intelligent. 
Psychic driving you, man. Alright. Alright, man. Good call, dude. Thanks for calling in, man. And, uh, yeah, so stay cool down there in Austin. It'll get too hot down there. Yeah, I'd probably stay out of fucking San Bernardino. Where, 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 where am I in jail? San Bernardino? Yeah, San Bernardino. San Bernardino jail. Alright, I ain't going there no more. Yeah, save me, a, save me a bloody sandwich, man. Alright, dude, take care. Uh, yeah, think, who else called in? John called in. Thanks, John. And I uh, thought Rochelle was on there, but I guess she had other business to attend to um yeah what was i gonna say we've got uh, hoaxbustercall.com check out the postings on hoaxbustercall.com uh shoot a donation if you so desire that would be cool or give me like a good review on uh i would say itunes when i'm off itunes or on talk shoe or that would be cool uh i'd appreciate that um, so yeah, uh, next Monday, 9, hopefully we'll do it again. We're going to do a call tomorrow, John, on the afternoon commute. And we'll talk to Jose Barrera. Should be interesting. If you don't know who he is, check him out on the internet, on the Googles. And, uh, okay, what else do I need to say? Oh yeah, the chat. Who's here? Adam Miller, Java Ring, Lost Reality Radio, Map Check, Terror 5, Teeny Man 101, and Wolfman 9. In the chat, thanks for hanging out this long. Everybody, talk to you later. I'm out. We aren't really sure what's happened. We're happy about the war ending, but I don't think everyone believes this thing about the atom bomb. I think it might be some kind of propaganda device that gives the Japanese a good excuse to surrender. The Japanese said we dropped a bomb, and we're just going along with them. There aren't any big celebrations. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vdw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus